hello and welcome to the Lost Archives. My name's Owen and I'm the Dungeon Master of this ragtag group of heroes and adventurers. Hi everybody, I'm Claire. I'm playing Mira, who's a dragonborn sorcerer, half-red dragon, half-silver dragon. Uh, originally was a bit of a politician and now has joined the adventuring life probably to a greater extent than she ever expected. Hi everyone, I am Michael. I'm playing Lockie Hobbs, a Warforged Artificer. Uh, originally was part of a flying castle, but have since left and resumed an adventure with my mom and uh, Cool. Um, hey guys, I'm Jared and I play the character of Jin. He is a level 6 lore bard and a level 2 hexblade warlock. Uh, I'm currently an associate and ally of the Tempest Guild, and I am helping them in their goal of stopping the Queen of Dragons, Tiamat. Hello, I'm Ali, and I'm playing Shama, the Yuan T. Sorlock, um, who is traveling with the Tempest Adventuring Guild, trying to find the other half of their soul, who is hiding somewhere away, far from reach. Hi guys, I'm Matt, uh, playing Yeda, the uh, sneaky wood elf ranger and rogue, who, after a tragic uh, incident in the jungle with his previous expedition, has now joined up with this lovely ragtag group of adventurers and is uh, looking to see what happens next. Three! Oh. Hello! <laughs> Give a wave! Cameras are popping Yay. in. Now we can wave. Yay. <laughs> it takes a second for the cameras to pop in sometimes. Shit. <laughs> Hello, Shit. everybody. That's How you doing? I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, everybody? I gave yes. them very little warning. We were in the middle of like a really intense chat, and I was like, "Oh, by the way, stream starts in three seconds." And then uh, it wasn't even three seconds. I think that was even unfair. Um, sorry, guys. This is uh, this is revenge for the times you try and make me laugh right before we start. So, welcome everybody. How you doing? <laughs> welcome back to the Lost Archives. My name's Owen. I'm the Dungeon Master. We've got all of our lovely players here with us tonight, except oh. except for Jared. Jared. Jared has. The non-spicy flu, flu original, also just called flu. He's got the flu. He's got the OG flu. Um, so poor boy's tucked in bed with a big old bowl of chicken soup and um, and his main coon to give him cuddles. And he's not yeah. coming on tonight. He's too sick. So we will continue on without him. And um, Jin might die this episode. I don't know. Yeah. I, no, no, no. <laughs> Jin will be fine. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a bit weird to be playing without um without our, our full cast. But that's okay. We'll soldier on. Jared's not here, but everyone else is, and we're going to have a amazing session tonight. Oh yeah, got some really cool stuff planned. Um, thank you everybody who came and joined me on Saturday morning for the uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla stream. Just impromptu. Wanted to play a bit of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so I did. That was great. Thank you for joining me. Had loads of fun. Um, so thank you so much for that. I hope I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed playing it. We are. Uh, hopefully slash definitely doing um avatar legends tomorrow night unfortunately we had a lot of last minute dropouts last session last thursday we had people not be able to make it at the very very last minute so we didn't end up doing our session unfortunately um but fingers crossed we will be going ahead tomorrow night with our guest uh, aquatic archie who will be rejoining us as his character akila um now i'm noticing that the gain on my mic is dropping down again is that are you guys hearing that too or is it just me no it sounds okay Sounds good. Right. Okay, cool. I set up a little monitoring program to let me know if my mic drops below a certain threshold and it was giving me little flashes, oh. but I think it's just it's just hypersensitive. I'm just going to tell him to calm right down. Calm his farm and we'll carry on as normal. Chill um, out, dude. 
chill out, man. It's all okay. Uh, right, I better do a bit of a recap for last session, and then we are going to dive headfirst into Tyranny of Dragons. Now, I do want to say we are very rapidly approaching the end of the Tyranny of Dragons campaign. These guys are powering what? through. So before too long, I think, I reckon not going to be too much more these guys are going to be needing to do because time's ticking away things are happening and there is a timeline of uh of things going on in the background so every time they do one thing there's things still happening in the world around them so yeah it's it's gonna be interesting but don't fear we are working on our second campaign already i have started the workings of it i have the new theme music ready to go i've been working on some of the artwork um, and I have also written a large chunk of the story variations and changes that we're going to be making. I'm not going to reveal just yet what that second campaign is. We'll have to see as we approach. But um, I'm hoping all of these lovely people will be rejoining me for campaign two. I think, yeah, everyone's nodding. Yeah, done. Everyone will be back. Oh, um, yeah. And one of the other big things I want to start implementing as well is more frequent guests. I'm hoping that we can have a guest character um, most sessions and stick around for a couple of sessions with us. So I'll be, I've designed the overlay with that in mind, the new, new updated overlay. Um, so you get hyped for that, hoping to see lots more guests. Uh, nice. We know lots of people who play D&D now. It's like a, yeah. it's like a cult. We've brought loads of people on board. <laughs> They've joined our cult. Now it's time sure. to bring them onto the podcast and introduce them to the Lost Archives. Oh, you have no idea. It is ridiculous. Mm. We, we have the classes of cultists, like... Yeah. Your little little ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> in in our um, in our other campaign that we play, yeah, we have a high school teacher that's now started a D and D club in her high school. Oh my god, we amazing! Have, <laughs> we oh, have me, which I'm, I'm working on on um, starting a D and like a maybe do a D and D light with my four and after school care. Can I recommend Avatar Legends if you want to play D and D light? Avatar Legends is where it's at. It's so yeah. easy to get into. That's a good idea. That's I'll, show you the, I'll send you the rule book. Yes, please. And I'm prescribing D&D for my patients, so, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why have a psychotic break when you can play Dungeons & Dragons? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> don't do drugs. Let, do the let, other let, big D. Let, yeah, exactly. don't, don't, don't do drugs, do dice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that should be our... That should be our, our um, Stay in session, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me do a, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's so it sounds like it sounds like we're ready to rock and roll. Um, oh, yeah, we're, we're gonna be this is gonna be great. I'm, I'm excited, guys. Um, now I better do a recap, get us back into the action. So, <clears throat> the Tempest Adventuring Guild, a group of mercenaries, explorers, and adventurers, has been working to thwart the machinations of a group known as the Order of the Dragon. This cult has been amassing power, wealth, and knowledge in an attempt to perform a ritual which would bring a dark draconic god, Tiamat, into the world. Our story has been following the escapades of some of the members of this group, Mira, Jin, Loki, Yerveth, and Shana, who have travelled to Chiari, the Draconic Nation, to work against the cult's actions there. In the last few sessions, the group met with the Council of Oxenfurt, and despite meeting some initial resistance, pulled off some impressive political manoeuvres, namely forcing Lord Neverember, the party's biggest critic, to instead propose and support them as the Alliance representatives to be sent to Veluxur, the Draconic capital of Chiari. The party also learnt the Emerald Enclave, a group of rangers, were being investigated by the council. As they departed the council chambers, a representative of the Enclave, an elven man dressed in white wolf-clad, uh, white wolf fur-clad armour called Dalen, pulled the party aside to talk. 
Dalen revealed he has been speaking with an unknown entity he has been calling the Voice of the Wilds. This entity led him to a crystal core left over from the Age of Giants, a core which the party quickly identified as being capable of planar travel. Dalen then revealed the Voice wanted to speak with the party too, however only Yervith was able to connect. The Voice of the Wilds turned out to be Lyra, currently in spirit form and in a demi-plane between Nostea and the Feywilds. It was revealed Lyra had been receiving the help of some Archfey. What they are getting out of this deal though, kinda remains to be seen, but we know it's a bit sus. With the Emerald Enclave now working to investigate Duke Neverember, the group departed for Chiari. Last session, having spent a bit of downtime developing skills, working on their uh, on their goals and aspirations, the party um, emerged after four five-day airship flight over the broken, desolate sands of the Charian Desert, the Charian Wastes. While Otalia Kanos, otherwise known as Elia, the Sylvan Dragon ambassador who's been accompanying them, set off to scout ahead and announce their arrival to the city, the group were waylaid somewhat by the arrival of a gold dragon guarding the borders. This gold dragon very quickly uh, attacked upon hearing that the party were planning on uh, traveling with Otalia Kanos, were traveling with Elia, and were planning on arriving in, uh, in the city uh, of Veloxer. The party were able to fight off the dragon, not defeat it fully, but at least chase it away for the moment. And the gold dragon has disappeared over the uh, horizon, heading back down towards the cragged... Cragged? Is that a word? Jagged, crag... Cra- jagged, crag-ridden... Cragged. I'll allow it. I'm sticking with you. I'll allow it. Right. Thank you, oh lord Cragged. of English. Um, so, of yeah. I'm the dungeon master, but he is the English language master. Um, Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, uh, rather. Um, so the, the cragged, jagged, <laughs> broken mountain ranges surrounding the Chiarian Wastes. Last session, the very end of last session, Elia arrived back at the ship in her silver dragon form, quickly taking on her silver draconic form, uh, silver dragonborn form, as she touched down on the deck of the ship. Um, and you had just finished telling her about your uninvited guest to the airship party. Elia sort of looks over at the jagged claw marks over the power, a brow. Wow. My words tonight. Uh, the jagged claw marks over the bow of the ship uh, and the missing uh, effigy of, uh, of Azua um, that stood in as the, uh, the front of the ship, the, uh, the figurehead of the ship. This effigy of Azua is now missing. Um, just the legs and feet remain still sort of, and part of the wing still um, gilded onto the side of the ship. Uh, as Elia sort of looks around the, the deck and goes, Oh dear, I hope there, hope there wasn't much, much damage to the ship. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realise that you would be waylaid in such a, in such a manner. The... Um, it seems to be cosmetic. But... It's a bit of a bad harbinger, though. And Mira's looking at Zua, the purest of all of us, just like shattered on the bow. It's like, Ugh. it's not a yeah. great welcome. Yeah. Yeah, but there's looking at the bow as well, never having met Azua, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he seems like the best of us. I'm really uh, you've sorry. Been, you've, you've been Azua. Yeah, but you've been Azua a number of times. He's the um, he's the uh, leader, uh, the the leader of the um, the Tempest Guild. Uh, was he, was he the, in the Tempest Guild halls when we were in Oxenford? He's the uh, oh, he's okay, the half brother half brother of Leosin. He's the gotcha. the twin twin to Leosin, um, oh, okay. the one who like as he as welcome to ah. Welcome, the others. Welcome aboard. Big handshake. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's so good to see you. It's excellent. Uh, of course. That's how you would have been okay. greeted by Hold Azua. On. I say that less. Uh, I say that with more intent than um, 
Still, still, like, still sincere. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> it sounds like it. Sounds like you're, you're being oh, yeah, sincere. Totally. 100%. Just putting your camera back in the center of screen because you've adjusted your camera. Um, I have. Rudely, without telling me. Um, there you go. Better. the course of the thing, just like yeah. <laughs> as, as his sit-stand desk gets demonstrated, <laughs> uh, you just see Matt just disappear go below. Go stealth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so slow. You're so much quicker to just move your own body, mate. It's yeah. so unnecessary. Um, yeah, Elias sort of looks and goes. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be shipwrights and, uh, and and mechanics who can repair that. That when you get uh, when you arrive in Chiari, when you arrive at Veloxur, we'll have. Uh... We'll be greeted like that again, are we? Um. Well, I I really hope not. I I did have a bit of a chance to to come in and uh, I visited the council halls very briefly and connected with some of my contacts there. And it seems the situation in Veloxur is um somewhat concerning. Um, I was hoping to speak with uh, with all of you before we arrive, give you a bit of a briefing on the situation, and I believe you, you had some questions. And Mira, you had some questions as well about what's to come. Well, yes, I think some of that has been answered, which is just looking at the ship. Yes. Yeah. But yes, a briefing would be good, at least to know the lay of the land. Indeed. Well, um, I have I have some have some cards ready in my quarters and some some maps that I can pull out and give you a bit of a layout of the city and we can talk through uh, what you need to know. Does that sound? So good. Yes. Should we try and repair the ship? Some. What do you think, Lockie? Is the is the plan still to get to um, the city by foot? Yes, I think we'll try and land uh, just outside the city. I um, I have a friend who has a, a an estate. We can. Park the airship uh, there. They they manage uh, delivery and supplies of uh, a number of goods. They have an airship dock there. We could dock the airship, um, hoping to pass off as some sort of trader. And um, yes, hopefully we can that, park that, there without too much trouble. Because that's far more civilized than what I had in mind. I thought we could track through the desert, but if that's uh, if you're okay with that, so am I. The uh, the Chiarian Desert is full of much danger. I um I would not walk across it. And, Unless as a last resort, as there was dire need. During the day, temperatures can reach 45, 50 degrees Celsius, and at mm. night, drop down below freezing. It's a place of extremes. No shelter, yes, no water. But, uh, a number of life forms there are quite deadly. There are species of giant burrowing scorpion that uh, lie in wait below the sands. Their venom is a powerful neurotoxin. It is a most unpleasant way to die. Sounds quite pleasant. Um, well, if that's the case, bring on the estate then. Yes, I think parking at a, a vineyard and an estate might be a, a bit nicer, hopefully. Especially well, they have wine. Yes, indeed. Well, I should warn you, um, the draconic wine is rather strong for those of you who aren't quite used to it. Um, I know, Mira, you were never much of a drinker. I've, I've, I've had a couple of nights out with the adventuring crew now, but no. Well, that's good to hear. You, you used to hate all that, um, what did you call it? Brown nosing. Oh, yeah, well, yes. Copper nosing. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I do warn you, um, be very careful. Um, draconic wines are, um, they're named after gemstones, sapphire, ruby, emerald. Um, sapphire being the, the least strong, ruby being stronger, and emerald being the strongest. Uh, emerald, I don't think, is safe for non-draconic people to consume. I believe it has a very worrying effect on their physiology. Perhaps it's best if you stick to sapphire. Sounds like a plant. Are they actually coloured, those colours? Like, oh, are yes. they fell yes. apart? Yes, very, very clearly coloured. That would be rather confusing otherwise. And the smells are associated, so sapphire has a very lavender-esque nose to it. Uh, the ruby has a very rose-esque scent to it. And the emerald, um, it's almost like a herbal sort of smell, maybe like a, a, like a thyme or a basil sort of combination. It's, it's a very, very specialised flavour, a very, um, an acquired taste. Hmm. Sorry, I've been a bit sidetracked. Come, come below deck and let me tell you what you'll need to know for the briefing. Sorry, I got a bit sidetracked. Um, with that, Elia heads below deck. I kind of um, side with that to, to Shana. I'm just like, she does like a drop or two. That's true. <laughs> to be honest, I, I kind of I want to try it. I mean, not now, but maybe on the way home. <laughs> oh, it's strong. Uh, well, you're kind of half-scaled, so maybe it won't affect you as much. Yeah, I mean, you know, assuming it has more to do with scales than actual physiology, but I'm... Um, yeah, everyone knows that scales topic. scales are an important part of the alcohol dehydrogenase pathway. It's one of those I think that's how it works, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Mira, would you, what sort of side effects was she getting at with the Emerald one? Physiology? That sounds a bit extreme. Um, well, it is a draconic drink, so it can give you some... Draconic side effects. Yeah, hmm. you you remember Mira? Um, one of the events you were at, a uh, delegation of mountain dwarves from Balmia uh, <laughs> came out to um, discuss uh, various treasures that had been acquired by a rogue dragon that were of dwarven origin. This has been going on for about fifty years. This dispute, and finally, an agreement was made to split the the horde. Some of the items were returned to the dwarves. Most were not. Um, and at that at that feast. Um, before the the night before those discussions were to take place, uh, a cask of emerald wine was brought out by uh, the dragon in charge Ooh. of negotiation, and the dwarves got very drunk very quickly uh, and were belching fire and acid and other elemental um, effects uh, as a result. And the next morning, the hangovers were so intense they don't remember most they didn't remember you remember you, you know this they didn't remember most of the discussions and so when they arrived back and the king of dwarves kind of was like where the fuck's my treasure <laughs> oh this is all we could negotiate oh just please stop talking so loudly <laughs> um and you know uh, this was sort of part of your early political tutelage you know that was a deliberate move 100 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, i kind of on, on the way downstairs i regaled the story Exactly like that. <laughs> Elia, Elia sort of turns around and nods and goes, Yes, that was a rather clever move. I secured a, a vast amount of treasure. So otherwise would have uh, had to have been handed back. I believe a, um, a large collection of the largest moonstones ever to be recovered are still, um, still, in, our, still in our hoard, still in our treasury as a result of that. It was a fine move. <laughs> it's not... Um, look, no one forced the dwarves to drink that much. Did we know they would? Yes. <laughs> They're dwarves. <laughs> did, we, did we warn them about the dangers of emerald wine? 
we might have mentioned it in passing. So simple yet so effective. That's politics, my friend. Uh, right. I guess we're so, gonna not bring that up uh, when trying to secure the dwarf's help against uh, our client. We don't remember it. It's fine. <laughs> Mira, you, you know for a fact <laughs> that this is still a sore point for a number of dwarves, <laughs> and this is an ongoing effect. Like this is still ongoing, affecting the relationship between the mountain dwarves of Balmia and the dragons of Chiari. You know that this is still. <laughs> <laughs> there's still a bit of a there's still a bit of a it's it's good natured but there is an undercurrent there that yeah is still like um so you still stole shit from us dragons at some point we would like it back uh, as you head below deck um elia uh, quickly rushes off to her room and then comes back and unrolls a series of scrolls the first one that she unrolls across the dining table um, is a large layout of the city of Veloxur. Mira, you know Veloxur quite well, although this map is much more recent than the last time you were there. You can see the city has expanded. Uh, Veloxur is built in a series of tiered walls. Um, Mira, the last time you were there, there were only three. A fourth wall and fifth district has been added to the city since you were last Whoa. there. It has grown Whoa. quite substantially. Yeah. Um, and the network of irrigation tunnels that are required to keep the farmland around the city uh, operating. You know that a number of the farmlands um, are reliant upon a massive collection of water deep below the earth that is pumped up um, and provided through these like, almost like Roman um, Empire-esque irrigation canals that are, are partly covered over to protect from er- uh, evaporation. But this series of canals and networks that join the city and... Um, Aqueducts is the word I was looking for. Roman aqueducts that connect the city. Uh, and the walls are built along these and around these. Um, you can see that the aqueducts have expanded further as well. Uh, and a second pump has been placed right in the center uh, of the city to help con- uh, keep that water flowing. Um, that's probably the main change you would notice straight away. Uh, any more subtle changes will require some rules, uh, perception or investigation rules. But yeah, um, Elia unfurls the city. You can see these like series of districts that sort of tear out from the side of a mountain. Almost a little bit like Minas Tirith. Um, for the Lord of the Rings fans, but rather than being so vertical, it's much more horizontal. The city spread out over a larger area. Um, and as she begins sort of talking through and pointing out some districts, um, the names kind of fly by a little bit. She talks about Broken Tooth, um, the Red Scale District, all these sort of areas that don't really mean much to you guys at this point yet. Um, but the main one that she focuses on, at uh, the very centre of the city, this large... Um, it almost looks like a claw coming out from the central city, and that, she points out, is the council chambers. And here we have the Draconic Council. Um, I hear they have been in session the last few days, so we are catching them at a good time. Uh, minds will be keen and sharp. Um, they should be ready to discuss matters of great importance, and I'm, I'm hoping that they have already started to talk about the Order of the Dragon and what it means. And, and specifically speaking... Uh, what kind of direction are they leaning, the main council? Is it sort of majority are against? Uh, how many are for? Who who do we need to sort of keep an eye out for that might be our main opponents? Well, yes, that's a very good question. Um, as I've been in Oxenfurt for the last couple of months, I'm not quite sure where the political battlefield lies at the moment. Last time I was there, there were a couple of the council who were on my radar potential problems Idrog and Fronia those two in particular 
seem to be i can type them up for you thanks thank you thank you <laughs> so this is shana is taking notes <laughs> fronia idrog and fronia um yes idrog and fronia were the ones that i was taking most note of they seem to be the most um uh, nationalistic patriotic i would say and that nationalism that, that patriotism is what the cult were playing on i mean this uh, this book that was published this um account of the of the times the account of the ruin written by tiamat herself or purportedly written by tiamat herself i mean it talks about the the power of dragons the, the rights dragons and dragonborn have to rule their their inherent power yes these sort of things appeal to a lot of the younger generations and some of the older ones those who believe that our power has waned with the other races that have arrived on Nostea. Uh, some of the dragons are old enough to remember being here with the elves and dwarves as the three three original races and remember the time of giants as well what do they think would be gained by taking power uh, you know being the absolute rulers you know are they after treasure gold or just the ability to rule as they see fit. I believe power is the motive and the reward. Hmm. But I suspect... Mm, indeed. I suspect there's more to it. Yes. You've, I'm sure you've all heard of the... Uh, semi-myth that dragons can become horde crazy and they can pass on that, that gold fever, as it were, to other races. It's not the gold that's the object of the desire. It's the wealth and the power. The items themselves are the manifestation of that, but it's the power that is what really drives them. And it, it is a lot rarer than I think stories would make it out to be. I'm sure you've all heard fairy stories from your, your cities and from your, your childhoods about dragons hoarding great wealth. And they look, dragons like gold. Mira will test dragonborn like gold. <laughs> We do. We like things that are shiny. There is a there is a desire there for shiny things, but that that hunger for wealth, power, it is rarer than you think, and it generally only affects very old dragons who have lost their wisdom, as it were. Would the dragons be convinced that the effort of ruling Nostea isn't worth? Well, the effort, like... Well, that's an interesting point, and one that I think we can address, potentially. I'm sure the cult will have an answer for it, but it is something that we can address, and, and any, any arguments you can come up with, any reasonings that you can make that would sway them away from this pathway, I think is good to have ready. Uh, any, any points that we might need to make, I think if we've talked them through before... They'll come naturally in, in conversation. It will appear much more practiced and much more thought out. And that is respected. Careful thought and reasoned debate are very much respected in the Draconic Council. Hmm. Well, I thought we were going to offer Yerveth as an alternative source of power, the coming together of race with Draconic abilities. We're offering Yerveth. <laughs> Here's your new power source. Put him in a treadmill. He can. Hello. <laughs> yes. No. I agree. One hundred percent. Yerveth is a perfect example of the harmony, the um, 
coming together of our of, of mortals and dragons. I think this is a very important thing. And and Yovith is isn't I mean the connection you've made Yovith to your draconic spirit, this this Drake Warden aspect that you've taken on, this is very old. Very, very old. Long before humans and other races came to Nostea. This is from the time of elves and dragons and dwarves. And this was lost. Some believe that this even predated their arrival in Ostea, that the, the first Drake Wardens came from other planes with the dragons and with the elves. And then something about this place prevented it, or, or the, the bond was broken, or something happened. There were no more Drake Wardens. There, there haven't been Drake Wardens since long before I was born. And, and I suspect many of the council will have never seen a Drake Warden. Heard of them, yes, but seen them, no. Do you... Do you believe that perhaps some of the secrets of the Drake Warden lie in the city? Have you heard of anything or heard of any secrets or rumors? Well, there is an archive of knowledge deep below the city. Really? A collection, yes, a collection hmm. of, of knowledge gathered from, well, our entire history as dragons. However, access is very much restricted. Unfortunately, a lot of it is in the hands of a single dragon, ancient uh, gold dragon. I guess he's hoarding a different type of treasure then. Indeed, a different type of power, knowledge. If you don't mind me asking. What was that, sorry? Uh, what is his name, sorry? Just, I'm just trying to get a map. Fafnir. 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 Any... No relation of the gold dragon that uh, we saw earlier, are they? Oh, very unlikely. Uh, not not all not all metallic dragons are related. Like not not all gold dragons are. Uh, so, so a gold dragon and a, and a gold dragon might not necessarily produce a gold dragon offspring. Um, oh, so it's not like a lineage. No, 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 not at all. It's more likely, but it's not a guarantee. Um, a lot of the dragons, uh, there are very few pure blood dragons. Um, left. The, the, that's a very old uh, cultural sentiment that has thankfully died out a long time ago. No, dra- dragons intermingle uh, quite often chromatic and metallic and um, they will produce a, a, a an offspring based on their, their past lineage, but uh, I mean, sometimes it can throw back six, seven generations. I myself know of a, a white and black dragon who produced a, a red dragon offspring and they had no red dragons in their family tree up until their great, 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 great grandfather. So it does happen, mm. we get throwbacks. Um, yeah, I'm just going to look at Lockie, kind of give a bit of a side eye and go, I never thought I'd say this, but I think I really want to go to the archive. Oh, my. Yes, this is going to be a fun. Yes, it's uh, colloquially known as Fafnir's Horde. Um, <laughs> uh, can you tell me anything about this Fafnir fellow? Is he uh, agreeable or... Maybe an ally? <clears throat> Perhaps an ally, yeah. Uh, Fafnir's a tricky one. He's very old. One of the oldest dragons, I think, still alive today. He yeah. was around long before the ruin, and he claims that he was one of the original dragons that travelled to Nostea. No one can verify this. He is the oldest. <laughs> there is no one oh. to, to back up his story. With that great age comes a... A great weariness. Daphnia spends most of his time asleep, most of his time unconscious. He has a, a group, a cabal of dedicated archivists who work for him. 
dragonborns, dragons who work under him, but I suspect the knowledge you seek, the knowledge of uh, Drake Wardens, would be in his private section. I myself have spent some time in his library, in his archive. I have never come across any references more detailed than what I've already shared with you about Drake Wardens. If he truly is as old as he is, perhaps if I was to convince him that I am indeed a Drake Warden, he might change his tune, perhaps give me that access. That's true. Potentially. Also, as, as someone with much age, perhaps he would be interested in old things. Yes. Uh, knowledge. If, if you look, if you offer him knowledge, knowledge is always appreciated. Uh, items of antiquity, I know he keeps a small private museum, but it's more the knowledge that items can give him that he is interested in. I, not wanting to go too far off topic, but speaking of old knowledge, is Hadar known to the dragon people? As you say, Hadar. <laughs> you watch as um, Otelia Karnas, uh, Elia in her um, dragonborn form, uh, clenches her fists on the table, her claws gouging deep gashes into the table Whoa. as you see her strength cut through. Uh, her silver scales somehow turn an even paler shade of almost white as she looks at you. Where did you hear that name? He destroyed my realm and my plane. Hadar and the Dark Hunger a name we do not speak. Our legends say that we fled the Dark Hunger to this world as did many races. Sounds familiar. Well, I think the other thing that I did want to bring up is, well, I'm, as I'm sure that you guys all are, I'm quite afraid that he might come here somehow. Um, and, you know, I'm afraid that Tiamat coming back might be the opening in that door that allows him to find us. This this world is sealed. It is no planar travel can occur. Hadar cannot come here. Um... Uh, if Tiamat can come here... From where uh, they single, are. A single summoning spell, albeit one large enough to bring a god, dark god, back. I, um, I would think it's very unlikely that it would allow. We, we do know of one instance, at least, of planar travel. There's a. Um, relatively recently, I suppose. There's a. Uh, a, a I'm not entirely sure what they're called. They're the, the, the fey people, the one with the beans. Um, the Archfey? That's the word I was looking for, thank you very much. Um, yes, we. there is one that's passed into our realm, I suppose, depending on, I guess you would say recently, by their standards, and perhaps yours. And that's one instance. There was another one of another story of a... Um, of a portal being opened somewhere and someone coming through or something? I, I haven't physically travelled, but... I have been in contact with Lyra recently too. She resides yes. in the Feywild hey, at the moment. That's very true. And my, my point is, I feel like, yes, planar travel is difficult and not impossible, but I do believe possibly the barrier is weakening. I believe so as well. Mm. I concur to, to with speak, To speak with another, using your mind uh, in another location, um, accessing the borders between realms. That, that is not unheard of. Strong magic can accomplish that. 
people occasionally falling through cracks between the worlds. That happens a bit as well. I know that, I believe, uh, quite a while ago, after the ruin, but there was a, a explosion of energy that some of the dragons felt, the older dragons felt, and um, they did say that there were there were cracks in reality for a number of months afterwards that slowly sealed. Lyra was left this plane and fell into the wherever on earth the Archfeyers merely months ago. I mean... Physically? Her physical body? Or just well, her mind, spirit? That's, you know, it's a bit of a difficult story. I mean, half her body is here, but the rest of her, I guess, her mind? She um, sees energy, not physical things, just manifestations of yes. energy now. It sounds like she is a soul trapped. When people die, intelligent creatures die, conscious beings, their souls can still leave and, and travel to various afterlifes. The, the, that, it's only physical travel that is prevented. Um, hmm. That Lyra is trapped between worlds in, in the border realm is... That is unusual, to be, to be stuck there. She, uh, she has unfinished business, I assume, but to not come back as a ghost, to be trapped in between, that is a bit more unusual. It Sign appears of it, weakening barriers. Yes, Yovith, it, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It appears, no, my apologies. It, it appears the Archfey have some other machination at hand. They, they have their sights set on Lyra for something. I don't yes. know what their motives are yet, but it can't be good. No, uh, Archfey are tricky. They're not malevolent per se. It's just what they deem to be benevolence. What they see as good and bad is very different to what you and I might see as good and bad. Their morals are very different. They're very capricious beings. Mischievous, yes. Deliberately harmful? Sometimes. But not, not evil in the traditional sense. You, you can trust... If, if you've made a deal with an archfey, you can trust they will claim their half of the deal, and you must be very careful with how things are worded. Anything vague or open to interpretation, they are tricksy. They will twist words and twist intentions where they can. But to actively create harm, unlikely, from what I, from what I know, what I study. Mm. But then again, Still. I should say I'm no expert. Knowledge comes from books, not from actual experience. In any case. So in any case, don't use the argument of potentially Hadar coming back to try and convince the others not to summon Tiamat. <laughs> I, I would prefer if you never say that name again. <sighs> it's probably a children's story, but they say that he can hear his name being called. Oh. No doubt it. So we stick to the dark hunger. Noted. Lord Dolbermort. In any case, earlier, um, the city. Uh, I have never been to the city before. I was wondering. Yeah, if, yes. I was wondering if there were any. Um, I suppose. Um, well, do you have any allies left in the city? Anyone that we could trust or stay with potentially while we're here? Oh yes, yes. I um, I have uh, I have my own quarters in the city. You'll be staying with me. I have my own uh, ah, my own perfect. manor house with uh, with a lovely guest wing. You you will stay with me. Um, my family uh, are to be trusted. We can trust my extended family. Uh, 
many of whom are politicians Mira has worked for uh, at various points. They, they are they are to be trusted. Uh, in terms of allies, well, the Dragonborn, I think, are our strongest allies. Unlike the dragons, the Dragonborn, uh, in a way, are kind of the bridge between human, elven, dwarven realms and the dragons, right? Like, despite their draconic appearance, you share much physiology with the, the humans, with the elves. So I think, I think they will be our natural allies. And the cults don't necessarily actively recruit the dragonborn. They're target of the dragons. The dragons are the ones who give them power. I think we can use that to our advantage. There are many dragonborns who hold power and status and privilege within the city who could be very useful allies to help us turn the tide. Hmm. In any case, I think I would prefer to be on the ground and figure out what the general uh, feeling is on the in the streets. Um, yes, there was one other thing. Rumours of another mask? Yes. Yes, Susurus did brief me. The um, it was the green mask, was it not? I don't know. We Lyra, Lyra did mention that she felt the presence of a mask in the city. I can confirm that. Okay. Well, that is very interesting. From what we know of the masks, they can actually be used to command dragons. So it might be that potentially that is a major source of strength for the cult to be able to force allies and force people to work with them this might be something we can use if we can I've had an idea if we could publicly yes. demonstrate yes. Mira's got this Mira please if we can show that the dragons are being controlled that they are that others have power over them it works yeah, against but... the cult's entire message, saying mm -hmm. that dragons should be on top, and then having... I mean, ideally, ideally, we're going to find a human or an elf wielding the mask. That would be mm -hmm. so good. That we could be... use that. That would be excellent. Find a dragon, or a dragon born with the mask. But dragons can't wear the masks. They're, they're tiny, yeah. and they don't fit very well on dragon-born faces either. They were designed to be used by elves. They were designed to enslave dragons, basically. Yes, they were. But we need to find a humanoid that's of not draconic origin, very likely, then. Um, I'd rather not put my hand up, but if the need arises... Oh, oh not, not we to... Wouldn't, no, I, no. Wouldn't, oh. I, I wouldn't suggest one of you do this. I would suggest we find the wielder of the dragon mask, whoever is the current bearer, and either trick them or manipulate them or somehow force their hand into uh, commanding a dragon in public in front of other dragons ideally if we can in front of the council hmm that's said than done. yeah yes oh yes we would need to create a scenario that would warrant them to even contemplate using the mask perhaps if they thought they were going to be um severely undermined by the council or in front of the council mm. perhaps they would then call a dragon to aid them back them up squat the council whatever it be i believe violence should be a last resort but perhaps if they were in fear for their lives um as far as you're aware does the dragon mask uh prevent the wearer 
from being charmed? Um, it's a very good question. Could we use magic to force it? I have no hand? idea. Potentially, yes, we could. Mm. Yes, that is a very that's a very valid idea. Something assuming like a suggestion that, spell, perhaps. That's what uh, I was thinking, but assuming they're not too wise to be immune to the spell, if if the dragon mask boosts that, you know, the wearer's wisdom, um, I'm not quite sure how they work. No, I, 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 I'm not sure if they have any resistance against charm. I'm, I'm trying to think why that would have been enchanted into the masks, and I can't think of. As Mira said, these were designed to enslave dragons. I don't think um, they were designed to protect reason. against enslavement themselves. That we, I mean, this is a valid plan. This could be a much yeah. easier way of doing it. Because and certainly would make us look better without having to jeopardize someone's life or look like we're attacking people in public. My only, I... my only concern about using suggestion is they could then turn around and say they were forced by us. Oh, it's Do one thing to what? say that they're forced, but another to prove it. And more importantly, we don't need to prove that they are doing it. We just need to prove that they can. That is the threat, that at any moment they could command any dragon to do whatever they want. No dragon will follow the cult after that. Well, I have the suggestion spell, and Mira, you you have the suggestion. Does anyone else here have it? No, it's not my expertise. Not. I, think, I, think I wonder Jin if Jin has it. I think Jin does. Sure have it Jin does We've got so many spells. Jin does? <laughs> no, I was talking to you. Oh, sure? oh, yeah. I've got that right up there on the old spell list. Um, <laughs> I got a thorn whip. Right on <laughs> <up> the... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> One of these days, man. My new character's going to have it. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love this idea of you, like, walking in as the new character and being like... I have my credentials right here. And you just whip out a thorn whip and slam it down on the desk. <laughs> Whoa. So. I mean, um, I, I, have, I have a charm spell, but it's not what we're after. I can stop someone moving and. It doesn't, doesn't have to be suggestion. Um, any mm. any effect that would make them do what we want. It doesn't do what they want. It, it stops them moving and puts them into a stupor. I can basically hypnotize them. I mean, if we, if we go down one pathway. And, you know, embroil ourselves. We may not even need a spell. We may even be able to convince them to demonstrate their power, perhaps. Depends on the individual. That's right, yeah. If they're cocky or if they're confident. That's right, yeah. One thing we'll need to be careful of is that I'm sure they will recognise you. The word has gotten around the cult about the Tempest Guild. A little bit recognisable. Yes. I have a disguise, though. I have an alter ego. Ah, yes. Jin did sort that out for us. Yes. Well, perhaps, perhaps now's a good time to get into your disguises. We are probably only an hour or two away from arriving at the estate. They're kind of one-time use, and they only last for about an hour. Okay. <laughs> unless, unless, you know, the physical ones that aren't spell-related, like painting mirror... Um, <laughs> <laughs> not much I can do but yes. um anyone have the zone of truth spell oh, oh yes could be right under thought of it <laughs> <laughs> right after suggestion <laughs> I've got the better I've got thorn whip of truth I whip them <laughs> then they have to tell me the truth yeah. 
Would Jin have it, perhaps? Or... Uh, I don't think he does. He no. does not. No. No druids, no clerics. Yeah, no druids, no clerics, yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, my bad. Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> just call my best buddy Lyra up be like, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I need a zone of truth. Oh, I can't. I'm dead. Oh, Oh, sorry. I'm an incorporeal being who's neither here oh, nor there, shit. stuck in some limbo state between worlds. But technically not dead. Technically not dead. Technically no, you can just cast a spell, yeah. Easy. Um, oh, just yeah. Oh, I can cast dead zone of truth, yeah, bro. There oh, <laughs> is yes. now a kiwi, bro. Yeah, bro. Why is Lyra a kiwi? Oh. I don't know. It just feels like she would be a kiwi. Oh, hello, How long you died? I'm Lyra. I'm a druid. I just really like Goodberry. And I uh, just want to show you my thorn whip. Yeah, it's a pretty cool whip, bro. Oh, whip. I got, nah, also man. got <laughs> Can't have none of your ghost chips. <laughs> can, can make my staff really, really hard, bro. With shillelagh. And then I whip you with wisdom. And my thorn whip, which I do actually have. You do actually have thorn whip. There you go. Oh, shit. Shot's fired. Um... Elias sort of um, Elias sort of nods. And goes, yes, yeah, I think I think this could work. Yes, zone of truth could be useful. Mm, none of us have it. Um, oh dear. We could, we could we could potentially find a spell scroll for zone of truth. Oh yes, there are a number of very accomplished spellcasters. We we mm. could oh we could visit the magical bazaar. Oh, There's a magical bazaar. I love the magical bazaar. Yes. Oh. Yes, the, yes. The magical bazaar, you say? Yes, it's um, oh, it's course. a unique experience. I I forget tourists to the city. Um, yes, the magical bazaar is a series of tents that stretch through the market district, um, just near the red scale district. Um, yes, it's a very interesting place. I hmm. would suggest you keep a tight hold on your purses as we travel through. Oh. Many oh. items of magic. Um. Both middling and powerful can be found. I um, are there any uh, people there peddling magic beans by any chance? Just magic, you know. magic beans? Um, not that I'm aware of. No. I mean, I'm just saying. We came across that in Oxenford, so I mean, I wasn't sure. Maybe. Is maybe that the have a, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are. I mean, I have heard maybe of franchising. Them. I have heard of magic beans that when you plant them, some random effects can occur. That would be quite a rare item. Um, perhaps we could find that for you. Um, uh, not the bean I was thinking of, but still sounds very interesting. I think that to get close to this individual with the mask, though, subterfuge might be the best way. Indeed. Like, Do we... Showing interest in their teachings. They would definitely need to be part of the Dragon Cop, though, correct? It wouldn't be just a random bearer. Maybe. I assume it's part of the cult. They're amassing yes. um, allies it's, for the cult. Yes, yes. How, all, all the dragon how, masks belong to the cult right now. How common are... Uh, uh, how common are uh, races other than dragonborn and dragons in the city? Uh, uh, there are, are a few. Uh, yes, there are a few. Uh, no permanent residents. Um, <sighs> one of the slightly older laws that still has yet to be changed... Um, to live inside Veluxa, you must be a dragon or dragonborn. Um, the outer district uh, 
Well, the, outside the walls is where other races can can live. But you, you, it is a, a excuse the term a draconian law that has hung on, um, an outdated law. Um, yes, one must be a dragon or dragonborn to live within the city walls. I just I don't, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just had a thought. We left that other dragon mask back at Oxenford, didn't we? Dragon we mask. don't have a dragon mask. We don't have. We didn't have? You have Varum. You've got the Varum. previous. Varum. Varum. So you. No, no, the other, the other our interns have it. That's right. Because I did have the thought: if we can get our hands on that one, we can then, in a very safe and controlled way, prove that the dragon mark can take control of a dragon. Yeah. Without having to set somebody up or go through some elaborate scheme, we just say, "Here's a dragon mask. This is what it does. If you give us permission, we'll we'll cast it on you. Promise we yeah. won't do anything bad, and then at least show them that what the power does." Yeah. Unfortunately, um, Varum was Varum went to the tomb of Diodorus to try and locate his mask, which had been stolen. That's why he was at the scrying pool was to try yeah. and find the location of his mask. And we, we don't know who stole it, right? I would say you have a number of hints as to who we, stole it. We we did know. No, no, no. It's um what's her name? Our old mate from the from the snow. Uh what's her name? Oh. I've written it down. Oh, I've lost oh, my book. Oh. I only I had to redo my notes because I lost uh, my book. As long no, as you've written it down. As long as you've written it down, that's all that matters, hey? It's in my book. Okay. Which is right here. Your little blue one. My little dragon one. <laughs> oh, that's cool. As long as you've got it. Yeah, yeah she she's the, the power-hungry one who doesn't care about religion and showed us around the um, Winter Lodge. Shall I tell you who you're thinking of, or shall I leave you? I, I know everything about you. <laughs> Talus. 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 Talus, yeah. Yes. Talus. She's got who, who had already started preemptively calling herself Talus the White right. when you saw her. Ah, <laughs> oh, you so, have mentioned that name. Yeah. Yeah. Although Lucky doesn't know that because that was... Uh, that was yeah. Talari. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you, you ever first met Talus. No, none of you have met Talus except... Yeah. Uh, uh, she'll tell you. Yes. I'm thinking perhaps maybe on our first day in Veluxur, I will head to the council chambers and see what I can learn. I'm thinking maybe if we can locate someone to disguise you or find a way to disguise you and have you out on the streets gathering intel information. We know the cult are recruiting. We know they are. If you can try and frequent some of the locations where they may have been recruiting from, I have a list of locations that I was planning on sending my people to check out. You can pick however many you want to look at from, from that list to go and investigate. Um, I believe three of them are taverns as well. Um, they seem to be recruiting from the working force as they as they finish and um, head to head to the tavern. We can, at, we can at least check out one without disguises as they stand. Mm. For an yes, hour. I am. I am worried that your disguises seem very convincing, and as an emergency style thing, I'm, I'm hoping that you keep them for that. Perhaps if we can find a slightly less convincing disguise, or, or maybe find a way to to hide your appearance um, for a bit Just longer. Yes, and hope that you are 
able to overhear or at least learn something from some people in those locations. Are there any Actually, other Yuan Ti in the city? Yuan Ti? No. No. Yeah, the, the snake tail might be a little bit of a dead giveaway, I'm afraid, for me. Yes, we'll need some magic to try and keep that hidden. I know the spell Disguise Self would do the job. Perhaps, perhaps if we can find a way to get you all some spell scrolls of Disguise Self, or maybe some slightly longer use of Disguise Self. Yes. Let's see what I can do. Okay. I think as soon as we can try and infiltrate the cult and find the masks, the better. The more convincing we'll be to the council. Or, or perhaps we could just send our friend Jin here in <laughs> to do it all for us. Uh, Jin sort of like looks up and goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I was, <clears throat> I was a million miles away. We're just saying, we're talking about uh, sabotage and uh, in, in, um, blending in. Is well, you know how much I like to infiltrate when I can. I can hit the ground running, as it were, and see if I can figure out some things for us, if you'd like. I don't see why not. I believe Jin here is probably the most uh, qualified of us all. He can mm. blend in with anyone or anything, so... Well, I am fairly accomplished at disguise. Scoping out like a spy stuff. Yeah. Just keep in mind, you're going by yourself. There's, there's no backup. Mm. Well, I'll have to make do then. Maybe just, just scout ahead, and then we can all, you know, infiltrate later. Mm. Mm. I'm good at not getting spotted, but blending in and talking to people, ugh, that's not my thing. I'm so good at talking to people. They love me. Oh, yes. Perhaps perhaps if Jin scouts out a location, you could tail them. That's a good idea. Sounds like a plan. Could give us time to go and see this library. Yes. Yeah. That's true. We should. Well, perhaps would you like to try and start with that today? I think that's a good idea. More the information we have, the better. Absolutely. All right. Because Jared's not here to tell us what Jin would do, I'm going to let him decide whether Jin accompanies you to the archives or not. Um, and we will uh, deal with that when he is back. <laughs> so I will, because he may there he may want to go check out the archives. So I will I will leave it that at the moment Jin is in a super state. Uh, he is Schrodinger's Jin. He is both with you, and he is also doing the scouting ahead. And cool. we will find out which reality is observed next session. <laughs> so it's like a. I will try to look in the box. Yeah. You can choose your own adventure, like which which way. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Jin Jin exists in a super position right now. So we're gonna we're gonna not touch that. Okay. In that case, then, are there any more questions you have for Elia? Otherwise, I'll do a very teensy weensy time skip as we catch up to. Um, the only thing that you have to probably mention to Elia is the 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 thing that he mentioned last session would be which 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 would be just fixing Yerveth's mind. Just um, whenever they get the chance to do yes. that, you would just maybe remind Elia again about. Like, do you want to? You actually haven't a chance. You haven't had a chance to ask this of her. Sorry, because we haven't role played this yet. So this would be the first no, time you're okay. asking her. Do you ask this of her in front of the others? Or no. privately. Privately. Okay, good. Privately. So as as she wraps up the meeting and everyone heads off to go get ready and get their stuff together, um, she heads down to her rooms, Yerveth, you follow, knock mm. on the door, and she invites you in and closes the door and sits down and goes, Yes, Yerveth, what can I help with? Um, so I, I I know it's things are moving quite quickly and I haven't had the chance to say this, but 
you mentioned to back in Oxenfurt that you could fix Farum's mind. You had some way of doing that. Yes, um, we were hoping we could piece back together the fragments of his uh, memories and personality. I, I fear that of late my memories uh, may not all be my own. I, uh, I feel as though I may have lost my mind many years ago. There are things that don't quite add up, things that I'm puzzled about. When I saw when I saw Lyra in the in that in that place, it reminded me of of something, something that I'd read maybe as a child, but I don't remember much of my childhood. I don't really even remember how I ended up in Oxenfurt in the first place. Tell I thought I was Tell me what you do remember, Yovith. We'll see what we can piece together. Sometimes just talking about these things can help. Well I remember I remember vaguely, I thought I was in Oxenfurt to learn from someone, something. I've always been good with my hands and good at thieving. And well, as a ranger, I would have gone there. And he sort of rolls up his arm at this point. He rolls up his sleeve and there's like brands and scars on his arms that he's kind of kept hidden from everyone. And he goes, but that doesn't explain these. These brands, they're from the guards. They're from the guards in Oxenford, but I do. I never, I never got caught. Not that I can remember. She examines them closely, running her cool fingers over your skin as she looks closely, and you can feel the uh, the cold scales, the cold silver scales, and the sharp claws of the touch. But very gently, she sort of examines them and traces their lines. Yes, these are very old. You've, you've had these for most of your life. Uh, scar tissue around here is fully keratinized and if we come over this side as well I can see this is a, a burn mark that's this this is almost a this was a brand a, a, a hot iron was applied to this skin here you have uh, no memory of this not that I can recall I I can't say I'm too surprised you said you were a child when this happened that is a fairly traumatic thing for a child to go through I was you young face... I was certainly young I, I... It doesn't make any sense. I mean, perhaps I was on the streets when I was younger and maybe I got caught. I don't know. It doesn't... To, f- to face such pain as a, such a young a young soul, is a, sometimes it's too much. And rather than feel the pain, the mind seals it away, pushes it aside, locks it out so it can't hurt you anymore. I'm not mm. surprised. It sounds like you went through some... Some pretty awful things as a young child, Yervith. I, I would not be surprised if your mind had sealed those away to protect you. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think I've suspected it for a long time, but he kind of like rolls the sleeve up a little bit, like keep them of... hidden. Why? Are you ashamed of them? Are you? It's just hard to look at sometimes. I could it reminds try and, me of something. I could try and remove the scars if you wished, if it was the, the sight of them, but I would be reticent to do so. At the moment, these are a tangible link to your history, and while you may not want to connect with it now, or you might not have wanted to connect with it when you were younger, you may do so in the future. I, if you asked I, this of me, I would, but... No, I feel I need to remember, I need to understand my past. I feel that as though it holds me back from my future, my my connection with my spirit now. I 
I feel as though if I don't like, if I don't come to terms, come to peace with it, understand it, I, I, I feel as though it, it, it holds me back. If we cannot remember the mistakes of our past, how can we possibly hope to learn from them? I, I understand completely, Yoveth. Hmm. Hmm. There may be something I can help with. Close your eyes. I want you to clear your thoughts. I'm going to place my hands upon your temples. Just keep your eyes closed. And as you close your eyes, she places her two fingers on either side of your temples. I want you to concentrate. Think of a place. Time when you were calm and at peace and happy. Picture it very clearly and firmly in your mind. Yoveth, can I have you please roll me a d100? She... First roll of the night, guys. I know. 16. 16. Pretty um, low. Yeah, first roll of the night, 16. I know, it's just been just been role play so far. Well, no, technically there's been lots of role play. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yerveth, as, as you concentrate and picture this, what do you picture? What is the calm, happy place that you imagine, this, this calm, serene location? I think probably... Yerveth probably pictures himself like perched up on a tree somewhere, a nice forest, very classic forest, very green tree, running behind, just the calm sound of running water. Perhaps maybe younger in his own mind, potentially, you know, I mean, I guess like maybe like late teens for an elf. I don't know what that that would actually equate to. 60 to 70. Yeah. Elves, yeah. elves mature at around about a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably like the sounds of like maybe his like family in the background, but not quite tangible in his mind at this point. Yeah. Just sounds of familiar voices and, and yeah, that sort of thing. As you picture this, you feel this wash of energy and magic pulse from in front of you where um, Elia is standing. And you watch as the landscape around you shifts and turns, the trees growing and forming stone walls, the grass dying, crumbling to dust to form a dirty pavement. As the sounds of family turn into the cacophony of the city noises and the sun, the bright sun overhead, shadowed by the tall, imposing buildings and walls on either side, the brook becomes an open sewer in the street next to you as it very quickly becomes the slums of Oxenfurt around you and you continue to youth and finding yourself younger and younger and younger dressed in rags starving on the streets and as you turn in fear suddenly this fear filling your mind, filling your heart a dark shape looms over you and strikes you across the face and you hurtling into the paving stones a gauntleted fist the city guard the shock pushes you awake you open your eyes gasping staring into Elia's face she pulls her hands away places a hand on your chest and goes breathe Yerveth look into my eyes breathe in and out I'm sorry you went to a very dark place very quickly I had to pull you out as you reach up and touch your face Yerveth I saw Matt do it there's a trickle of blood from where the guard had struck you as a child a little trickle of blood coming from your lip which has been split wow okay I'm sorry, it's a way to relive memories, but you um, you went deep very, very quickly. I, I had to pull you out. I was afraid of you getting hurt. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's 
it's okay. I, I thank you. Thank you for that. I, I'm starting to understand a little bit more. I was hoping to start slowly. That's why we went for the calm, peaceful place first. But, um, yeah. Perhaps we can try again when you feel up to it. Um, We'll have some tea. We'll sit down and light some incense. And we'll make it a very calm environment, shall we? Uh, Probably being on the airship's not helping. We're being jolted about a bit. And we're about to head into Veloxer. I'm sure there's a bit of anxiety there as well. So I I wouldn't write it off just yet. I think think this could work. I I think so too. If, if you really want to, I'm not there. Sorry. You're not there. <laughs> Lockie, Lockie's head pops out from under the bed. Oh, if you really want to. <laughs> you could just tune up your central processing gear and then you'd have no problems with these memories. Him, if you could hypnotise him, I can hypnotise him, yes. How can you hypnotise him? He just detaches one of his cogs and like swings it back. <laughs> <into the laughs> <as well>. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great because when he says, like, don't look into my eyes, you're like, okay, so I'm not going to blink. I, I know, you never blink. I know, just look at my eyes. Here we go. <laughs> and then your eyes start, like, moving as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you produce your own metronome. <laughs> um, yeah, El- Elia sort of um, takes a hand off your chest, looks and goes, Are you okay? I'm sorry. I I, I wasn't expecting you to, to, to fall into darkness so quickly. I'm sorry. I should have warned you what I was planning to do. No, it's it's okay. I think I think I need to face it before I can be done with it. That is often the way. I think it is very brave of you to try and face these things, Jervis. It just feels like all my life I've been running, running away from something, yet also chasing. I guess in a way we're all chasing something that we want, some desire or some hope, and... I guess as well, we're all kind of running from mistakes as well. I think the real challenge is to turn and face and fight off the mistakes. I think only Agreed. then can you find your, your goal. It just feels like I've been running for so long, and I feel like now it's the time to face it. Whatever it may be, whatever's holding me back. Absolutely. I, I mean, not to be a downer, but if we fail, if we are to, to fail in our mission, potentially it could mean the end of the world. At least for mm. humans and elves and dwarves. I'm sure the dragons will be doing quite well, but <clears throat> now's a good time to reconcile any differences you need and right any wrongs that you feel stand in your ledger. That's right. That's why I thought I'd speak to you. I just want to be my best self for whatever comes ahead. Indeed. One more piece of advice, Yoveth. Your past does not define you 100%. Your choices now do as well. Whatever you find, whatever you learn from your past, it's not who you are. It's who you were. I hope that helps. Those are some wise words, Elia. I appreciate that. I'm a politician. I'm very good at sounding wise. (laughs) Oh, no. By all means, your words hold weight. I'm very pleased. If there's anything else I can help with, please don't hesitate to let me know. So I think that's uh, enough for now. Um, thank you. I'll, uh, Anytime. I'll be going. Rest up. And, um, I think you and Elora are going to do. S- Eleonora are going to do some great work. Eleanor are going to do some great work. <laughs> I got. I'm there. sure we will. You did. <laughs> that was good. I'm sure we will. Um, Alrighty. Anyone else doing anything on the airship before we arrive at the 
plantation at the um, the estate. Lockie, do you want to have a chat with Mira? Lockie, you wanted to have a chat with Mira and Shana. What did you want to do? Uh, she just wants to check on the security of the box and make sure <laughs> secure while we're away. Shana, box be secure. She's not even gonna make you roll for it. Not even make you roll yeah. for it. As you come downstairs, um, Arvel is there in the engine room. Ah, here's to investigate the box again, Shana. Yes, yes, only the seventh time today. It's still welded to the wall, and it still resembles some sort of toolkit. Thank you. I will. Right. I have told you, and I will say it again. I will guard this as I guard the airship with my life. Uh, so alrighty. Look back out again. Perfect. Well, do you walk though, or do you slither back out of there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Um, Lockie, over to you. You wanted to talk to Mira? I, yeah. I pass into your hands. Sure. Um, where would where would Lockie find Mira? Uh, if we're getting ready to land, then she's probably cleaning up the kitchen so that it looks really nice. <laughs> Packing away the bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 In supplies. Right. In the slip-in. Medalist. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He'll come up his way and come, come. Yeah. Oh, yes. Lucky, yes. You have everything you need? Um, Do you I... need a snack? No, you don't eat. Do you want a hot plate? Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mira will, will just like heat a plate mm. with her hand, with her fire hand, and hand to Lucky. Use my fire hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my gold hand. My fire hand and my ice hand. Yeah, yeah. Easy as. <laughs> you just you just hold your hand out on a plate. Um, it's a metal plate. It's a serving platter, um, that was used to cook the bread. Um, you heat it up to, uh, roughly 75, 80 degrees, quite hot, and then hand it to him. Actually, how oh, hot are you going? Sorry, I should ask. How hot are you? <laughs> How do you go? Just pleasant warm. Oh, okay, forty degrees, Lockie. She hands you a forty degree warm plate. It's exactly forty degrees. That's exactly, exactly forty degrees. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> After consumes that, I, I did have a thought because um, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I believe it was Sharma that mentioned an idea. Yes. As opposed, as in, in place of bringing Tiamat through, if we were to bring somebody through. Yes. I can see that you're taking up a conversation which you've probably had in your own head. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, my thought was, if we need to bring somebody through, what kind of being would we want on this side? A benevolent one? That is a thought, but the problem is, is goodness, which is, you know, a value all in itself, can be twisted and thwarted. Somebody that thinks they're doing good can be doing evil. Is this specific to me? No, my dear. No, 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 no. You're, 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 you're doing well. But, but now that you mentioned it. But now that you mentioned it. No, that's a different conversation. I'll put that aside. Wait, I'll just judge it. It's okay. But that, that is my worry, is if we bring someone in that's good, that can be twisted to do evil. If we bring someone in that is evil, then that's just going to be... The disastrous. If you bring somebody in that is chaotic, then we're just spreading chaos. If you bring someone in that's law, well, laws can be unjust. Yes, and I think and, Shana said something about bringing a bit of chaos, which wasn't appealing to me. Yes. My thought was the, the god of the giants, which yes. is just the storm, is perfectly neutral. And, um, and yeah. 
as a perfectly neutral being, doesn't that put them in some ways above corruptibility? Because that is my fear, that we bring them through someone that is ultimately powerful into this side, and they are either by designation chaotic and evil, or lawful and corruptible, or some mixture of them. I would argue that a truly neutral being is infinitely corruptible in any direction. <laughs> just, for fun. just for fun. Yeah, Lockie, I Lockie's not thinking this. Lockie's not thinking this. That's just, it's just an Owen thought. Just, uh... no, I think I know what you said. So in terms of what Mira thinks, she's like, so incorruptible as the elements are incorruptible. Well, is yes. that what you mean? I mean, a storm will strike, but it doesn't care what it strikes. It doesn't mean to strike. It doesn't mean to be evil. Wind doesn't mean to push your trio, but... It lacks intent. Mm. It lacks intent. And with intent comes the... the with intent comes agenda, right? Like... Yeah. There is yeah. something... Okay. Getting into some deep, heavy philosophy here. I love it. Well, Lucky, I don't... I, I, I see your point. As someone who commands, not commands, that's a bit strong, whoops, uh, who channels elemental energy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, Mira says all of that. Oh, yeah, she does. No, she does. She does. Um, I, I can see the master of the master of the elements. Yeah, master of, master um, of all four elements. No. <laughs> yes, one thing. Um, I think I see what you mean. For a long time, I thought that my powers controlled me, but equally, I can control them. If we brought something like that through, who knows what would happen, though? Hmm. But you want to bring back the giants. I mean, I'm not going to lie, that is a very tempting thought. They were by and large, they were uncorruptible in a way. Maybe it was a reflection of their deity, maybe it was something of their own, but at least in my experience of them was slightly positive. Then why did they leave, Lucky? That's a question I wanted to ask the library. Oh. So you want to do some research? Do you want me to make you a, a, bibli a bibliography? Oh. I mean, <laughs> if that will... Oh, no. If that will entice you, absolutely. I'd be I'm very interested in a bibliography. What's wrong, Ellie? I mean... Oh, uh, everything just dropped for me, and then I was worried that it dropped for everyone else, too. But... Oh, no. no, you're back. We're already... <laughs> so, carry on, Lucky and uh, Mira. There's more to this. Why are you talking to me? I, I don't... I don't... I, I see your logic, but I'm not the most logical person here. Maybe you'd be better talking to... Shana, or... Oh, I mean... Uh, logic is logic is a fine thing. I have I have logic in spades. I needed I needed a uh, I needed someone that is also good in their way. Just in case my ideas were heading in the wrong direction. 
of all the people who I wish to come through that portal, um, I suppose a giant storm wouldn't be as bad as, say, the hungry darkness, or even that pat their patron Jins and Shana's. I, I just, I'm, I'm very concerned. That's yes, he concerns me too. I Darling, I concern myself on a daily basis. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> He doesn't say that. You don't hear that. You don't hear that. You don't hear that. It's just me, just me trolling you. No, you don't. You don't hear Varys. If there is an alternative like that, it may come to the point where we have to maybe step in. That might be a one. That would be a good option for research. I, I, mm. I, I, I'm more willing to trust a storm than I am a whisper in the dark. Hmm. We can look. I'll make a list. That sounds enchanting. Loki, you've spoken a little bit about Anam, the god of giants. Um, yeah, a couple of things start to return to your memory. As you, as you mention this, every time you start talking about new things, old pathways, long since forgotten and disused, begin to whir into life. You remember Anam, the depictions of Anam by the giants as a giant himself. Genderless, very almost featureless, this very rugged, cragged form. <laughs> um, is very This very rugged form, almost as if made from clay in a way, um, in his depictions. Um, and the terms used to describe Anam, uh, Anam the creator... Um, and Nam the life bringer um, yeah very and, and, and used his own flesh to create the giants and create the worlds yeah very um, very interesting mythological figure now that you're starting to reflect back and, and, and think about it in terms of personality yeah neutral is about right and Nam was not described as either good nor evil and Nam was a builder a creator the giants kind of tried to follow in that um, that was a lot of the um, a lot of the goals of the giants was to build and create in honor of Anam, their creator, uh, and to innovate and learn. But Anam, yeah, Anam valued creativity and ingenuity and creation over destruction. That's what you very distinctly remember as that starts to come back to you. But yeah, depictions of Anam. Um, yeah, always depicted as just a a giant-like form, but genderless. Uh, and and you know that Anam is sometimes called the father of creation, sometimes called the the mother of life. And you get the sense that Anam is not gendered. The the there's yeah, it's a very um, androgynous character mm. in mythology. And that that is what you know. That is what your data banks reveal to you as you start to reflect on Anam. Are you all right, Lucky? Yes, I just um. I had a new memory, which strange, oh. but a new old memory. Yeah. It can be painful to unlock memories. So, you alright? I this one was this one was a good one. I actually feel more solid about my thoughts. I think it's something to research, definitely, and possibly something to think on. Maybe more things will be revealed as you research. Mm. You are oh, very old, so. 
I am very old. For podcast <laughs> listeners, that was Lockie's arm being adjusted. <laughs> oh, oh, here you go. Um, she'll bring out the olive oil. Oh, thank you. A new old memory. That is a good name for an episode. Done. I'm going to call this episode A New Old Memory. I think things will be revealed in time. Things that you think you understand, you don't really, especially about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the ultimate mystery, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How is yourself going? Fine. Insight, Insight check. You could, you, if you really want to roll that as a real dice, you're more than welcome to. Although for the for the stats, I gotta show you guys my mirror dice. Wait, your mirror dice or your mirror? Oh, nice red and blue, amazing. For podcast listeners, Claire has bought a set of dice which is a mixture of an icy blue and a fiery red. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, very excited. Um, I'll just I'll just tell you just out of off the cuff. Actually, Mira seems fine. She seems pretty good. She's a bit vague, which is why she's trying to organise so many things without any particular reason. Um, but she's quite, yeah, quite sure of herself. I think Lockie would be able to see that with his passive insight. Four. Lockie. She's she's not keeping anything hidden. Every, like she's just she's just saying it out of his man. Ah. Yeah. Ah. I'm glad, because we've been through quite a bit, and then it would be understandable if you were, um, you know, doubting yourself or feeling feeling a little bit undermined. But it doesn't, you seem just fine. I'm going by what you said. You seem absolutely fine. I'm, I, am... I seem less fine now. After you said that. Well, because I'm paying attention more, is, ah, I, I am happy. This has been a wonderful chat. I'll see you later. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Corvin, who's sitting at the at the kitchen table looking at you, Mira, goes, I'm fine. <laughs> Burns around me. <laughs> um, and then Corvin just like sort of clocks out of the uh, clocks the kitchen, making the stomping noises Lockie made with his mouth. Like, Thanks, Corvin. Yeah. I'm fine. Corvin. Mira will think very carefully about an alternative form of power, though, because the last thing she wants is Tiamat actually coming through and then kind of maybe even claiming her soul. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, That makes more tea, I think. Makes some calming tea. (laughs) Hands like jittering as she pours the hot water and takes a a sip. And it seems to be stronger. Pulls out the flag and a whiskey. Topping it up. It's it's that dragon wine. Yeah. yeah. She's like, checks it. Sapphire puts it back. Ruby puts it back. Emerald. Yeah, this is the shit. <laughs> um, with that, the airship. Wait, sorry, Evers. He's muted. No. He's muted. Unbelievable. Am I, am I back now? Hello. He's back now. I was going to say, is it a decanter of endless whiskey? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh. We could find I out. Have, I have DM'd a campaign where they had a decanter of. Uh, no, what is it? What's the jar that lets you summon different items from it? It's like mayonnaise oh, or oil yeah. or things like that. Yeah, 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 I've had that before. Can't try to remember what it's called. I can't remember what it's um, called though. But they use that to um, uh, make 
basically like alcohol that they then used as a substrate to form like poisons and things like that. It was really impressive. I love that like if you had that item, you don't need rations because like you could theorize that like mayonnaise gives you all the nutrients that you need. Almost, <laughs> almost all the nutrients that you need. Almost all the nutrients. Yeah, it's like 90%. And plenty that you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you technically, technically you can survive without rations if you've got the decanter of mayonnaise, whatever it's called. What is it called? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Help us out. Help us out, chat. Come on. What's it it's called? What's that? An uncommon like item. A, I know that for it's sure. An uncommon, it's like a jar of... I can make honey too and all sorts of fun things. Make honey, oil, mayonnaise, water, wine. Alchemy jug? I think it is alchemy jug. It is. It is. It is alchemy jug. Alchemy jug. Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, the airship continues on for another couple of hours before you feel the airship begin to lower um, as the speed drops off and the airship then begins to lower down towards the surface of uh, the continent. The closer you get to the ground, the warmer it begins to get, even with the climate control around the ship and the the, the, um, the bubble that keeps the, the airship um, climate intact. You start to feel the warmth seeping in and before too long, perspiration uh, collects on your brow and your necks and uh, and on your backs as the heat begins to ramp up. You find yourselves dressing down into much more hot weather appropriate gear. Um, as you step up onto the deck of the airship, you can see that the airship is coming into dock at a um, large vertical uh, pillar that has a series of rings and hoops that allow for an airship to dock upon it. And a platform is rising up next to the airship that looks like it uh, is used to move cargo to and from airships. Um, Leosin, who is at the helm of the airship, pulls back and goes, Ah, yes, guys, we're here, we're here, have a look. I've never seen a plantation quite like it. And as you look out over the deck of the airship and over the bow, you can see this large manor house, beautiful, made of sandstone. Um, it's being formed into these beautiful curling spiral-like shapes of columns and archways, all very open plan, very Spanish-style design, Mediterranean-Spanish design. And as you look out across, you can see that the desert and um uh, desert and a sort of crag land has given way to a very lush fertile vineyard um before you rows and rows of vines stretch out across the landscape aqueducts and uh water pass passing through dividing the fields into different um, plantations and then towards the south you can see a plantation of what looks to be maybe sugarcane and next to the manor house a large shed with huge copper cauldrons and pipes leading to and from different areas. Um, Elia steps up onto the ship, gives a bit of a stretch and goes, ah, I have to say, the smell of a distillery, while not being quite pleasant in and of itself, <laughs> does indicate delicious things to come. Do you make oh. the emerald wine here? Oh, yes, they, they make all sorts of wine here. This is uh, one of my good friends, Bacchus. It's been a a long-term friend, Bacchus. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) It is Stargy Valley, essentially. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Um, it's the desert. It's the desert in Stargy Valley. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, As the uh, moving platform rises up. flush with the airship you can see a number of uh, dragonborn uh, a mixture of copper um silver uh, a few chromatics in there as well some white and green dragonborn look around a little bit confused as they go to unload cargo 
and there's no cargo coming off the airship. And Leosin sort of like waves them off. He's like, no, 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 I haven't got anything. They're like looking around being like, um, but, but the cargo, no, no, no we, did, we didn't bring any cargo. No, no, <laughs> please, hang on. Uh, Elia, please explain what's happening here, please. Uh, Elia steps forward and goes, yes, I, I'd like to speak with Bacchus, please. Um, is he around? Uh, can I find him? Uh, a silver dragonborn steps forward, um, matching her, very tall, um, long curved horns that have been braided with uh, a series of silver threads joining up between the, the links that then comes down to a nose piercing. Nods. Yes, my lady. Uh, Bacchus is inside the house. Shall I take you there now, you and your companions? Yes, that would be very, very great. We're very welcome. Thank you. Yes, please. Um, come aboard. Come onto the platform, all of you. Uh, as you step aboard... Uh, Jin has taken on a dragonborn appearance while downstairs. He now appears to be a uh, a very dull copper dragonborn. Um, scales are, are a bit sort of grayish. Um, very, yeah, not not resplendent, not standing out. Very dull. And he is dressed inconspicuous. himself up in, inconspicuous. And he's dressed himself up in quite um, plain walking clothes, just like traveling clothes, uh, everyday wear that fits in his dra- it fits his draconic form quite well. And he does not really stand out at all. In fact, one of the workers that like, goes to Santa goes, can't believe they didn't have any cargo. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you, you were with the ship. And Jin sort of nods and goes, yeah, yeah, I was with the ship. Yeah. yeah. Nah, we've already <laughs> dropped off the cargo. Oh, are you collecting them? We should have been warned in advance. Nah, nah, just uh, just taste testing. Yeah, we're in, uh, we're inspectors, wine inspectors. We've got to, uh, got to try it out, you know, make sure the product's good. Elia sort of gives him a look, and Jin goes, Nah, I'm only joshing ya. <laughs> gives him a little punch, playful punch on the arm. Dragonborn sort of looks at him a bit confused. I think that's what Jin would do. Yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> yeah. um, Cole's supply visit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just making sure we haven't marked us down too much. Um, <laughs> don't want to see any of those red target stickers anywhere out here, am I right? Um, <laughs> as, yeah, gotta test the grapes. <laughs> so, yeah. As the platform lowers and you guys begin heading towards the manor house, the other workers sort of stand back and begin going and getting crates ready, moving them aside and packing away all the supplies and equipment used to transport heavy items, having probably spied the airship from a, a bit of a distance away. Clearly, uh, an effort has gone to get ready to unload stuff. And uh, now <laughs> there's nothing to unload. They're just getting back to work and putting everything away again. Um, the oh. Silver Dragonborn, who has been leading Elia and the rest of you, continues up the pathway. The, um, the pathway between... Um, the two vineyards on either side uh, that are right behind the manor house. These look to be much smaller vineyards. And you can see here that there's actually some berries uh, as well mixed in. There are a couple of um, uh, berry bushes as well. And um, as Elia sort of is walking past, she leans back and goes, ah, the, these are where he um, grows some of the trial fruits that he's, uh, he's trying out. New, uh, new experiments, little micro, micro experiments. Try things, try things out, try new flavors out. Microbrewery, you could call it. <laughs> Well, no, he's got the macro brewery over there. She points at the massive shed with, like, copper tubing coming out the roof. Um, but yes, he's, he still likes to... Bacchus still likes to tinker and, and try out new things. So. He's a bit of a god of wine in these parts. <laughs> for those of you who... For those of you who don't understand why everyone's laughing, um, Bacchus is the Greek... is a Greek god uh, of wine and revelry. Um, <laughs> Mirror's has taken damage. <laughs> Four damage. Why? That's not a pun. It's not a pun. It's bad though. Why is it bad? What would you have called him? He's 
so good. True. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I, I, oh no, sorry. It is I'm sorry. The, the Romans called him Bacchus. The Greeks uh, called him Dionysus. Greek was Dionysus. Dionysus. Yeah, yeah. Dionysus. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, now. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, no, sorry, you're right. D- d- yeah. Oh, see, I I heard a Greek person pronounce the very quick aside. I heard a Greek person. Um, where I, one of one of the one of my customers is a, is this lovely Greek surgeon, and he corrected me on the pronunciation of some of the Greek gods because I happened. I don't know how it came up, but in passing, I mentioned one of the names, and he corrected me. I think it was. I think I said Hercules. He was like, Ah, it's Heracles. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he, he went through yes. and corrected me on all of them. Dionysus. Dionysus. And I was like, okay, thank you. Dionysus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Bacchus is the, the Roman, um, the Romanization version of uh, Dionysus, the god of theatre and wine and revelry. There's also a Bacchus marsh um, near where it's... In Melbourne. Where it's, where it's, where it's, where it's yeah. There's a Bacchus yeah, yeah a back you're there quite Melbourne. often. Isn't that like Jared's... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, I think Jared might have yeah. Something down that way, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think Jared's got something down that way. Um, yeah. And yeah, a brewery so. in Brisbane. <laughs> is it a brewery, really? Bacchus. Is it really a pub? Bacchus? Is, I think it's a pub. Oh, it's a pub. That's right. Oh, okay, that anyway, oh, quick, that quick aside over. Um, as you walk up to the doors, <laughs> the doors are flung open as you see a green dragon form. This two meter tall cat. He could not be a dragonborn. Too draconic large wings unfolding on his back massive curved horns um and you can see that he is dressed in these very beautiful white robes with um, purple grapevine uh, markings all over them and as he opens the door he goes ah elia Otaliocanos, welcome back to the vineyard it has been too long and you bring friends have you come to drink and make merry ah, everyone this is bacchus bacchus i'd like you to meet the tempest adventuring guild Ah, adventurers. We have not had many adventurers here in a long time. I hope that means you can hold your liquor. Starts looking over at each of you. It is very difficult for me to get drunk. Ah, Warforged, I appreciate challenge. I can come up with things for you. You do not need to worry. I have many things that will amaze and delight. That is quite impressive, considering our friend Loki here lacks the, the necessary parts. Ah, digestive system is not necessary for good wine. It is the taste. Oh, me. Right. It is to stimulate the senses, the nose, the tongue, the taste. That is what good wine is about. And we can do the same for Warforged. Just a different type of stimulation of, te- of, of sense. Because he still senses hot and cold. He still senses touch and no touch. He still sees things. I guess I haven't thought of that before, but you're right. Yeah, there are ways to stimulate senses. That is all wine is. Wine is fun and stimulation. Plus, it's always it is... fun getting legless. Ah, indeed, indeed. Well, it is lovely to meet you all. Welcome, welcome. I see you have brought an airship. Are you, are you planning on taking back some supplies with you? We have a very special discount, cellar door discount. We can go through prices. And Elias sort of goes, um, Bacchus, um, we were hoping we could leave the ship here for a couple of days, if that's all right. Ooh, Elia. You twist my arm once again. <laughs> I am expecting a number of people to be coming by in the next few days. A number of deliveries. Where will they park their airships? Oh, uh, we don't have to leave it tied up the whole time. Uh, some of the crew will stay. They can they can move the airship aside and can... <gasps> have I missed something? Sorry. What have I missed? 
<laughs> I, I just wrote in the chat, is Bacchus going to hand Lockie some five gum? <laughs> <laughs> Stimulate your senses. Is what it feels like to chew five gum. Yeah, yeah, what it yeah, feels yeah. like to chew five gum. He just punches you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It hits you with a door. <laughs> yes. Lockie sees through time. Ta- <laughs> um, amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying before I got uh, sidetracked? Deliveries coming. Oh, but they can, they can, they can move the airship. The crew will stay here. They can, they can always move back the airship and, and keep it out of the way. Oh, you drive hard bargain. I think you will need to buy three crates of wine to take with you. Otherwise, it feels like I mean, docking fees yeah. and also. I mean, you know, I don't care about the money, but the the book managers, those little ledger men. Mira, what about? You know, I mean, if, if we have some of the extra funds, why not use um, this situation to our advantage and become, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's not much dragon wine in the Oxenfurt. I mean, uh, yeah, Mary, you, you've seen could... one or two places that sell it. That's very true. We could use it to fund some of our, uh, our ship expenses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is quite niche. I like it. Yes, we could maybe make it a very small section, like a, maybe a micro sort of setup. I was thinking, make it worth Bacchus's while for letting us to dock here. I mean, it is Ooh. greatly appreciated. This That's one, good. you have a business snake with you. I like. Sorry. Sometimes things pop into my head and I just say them and then I hear them back and I go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, my mouth just said that and then my brain caught up and was like, what? <laughs> oh, fuck you know. God, dear. Oh, you bring business, Snake. Good. <laughs> It's very I should get myself a business snake. <laughs> we could become a supplier to the maybe particular pub that's next to or near the adventuring guild. Maybe you, not it. You know that one of the yeah. possible guild expansions is a, uh, is a tavern. Yeah. Well, I mean, Huge. that could be our, uh, our inn. Our uh, inn. Uh, 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 <laughs> nice. Wow. There's two ends and two meanings to what she just said. What's <laughs> um, happening? I like I like the sounds of what you say. You say good words. I like them. Now we talk numbers. Words good. Numbers good. How many crates of wine? Two, three, five. How much are we talking per crate? Oh, for a friend, I think we can charge twenty gold. Twenty gold per crate. Can Shana sort of try and get some insight onto if this is actually a reasonable price for a crate of wine? Um, yeah, absolutely. Generally? You, can, you can make an insight check, but um, I'm going to warn you right now, you've got no point of reference <laughs> to what dragon wine tastes like or what it costs. What about, actually, alternative, because, yeah, I, she doesn't have a pers- thing. Yep. Could she sort of try and sweet talk him? It's like, oh, I mean, for, I know we're friends, but uh, we, you know, you know that we don't have any frame of reference for, um, you know, how much a crate of wine is worth. I mean, perhaps you could become our exclusive dealer. Maybe we could talk, you know, some better numbers for an exclusivity deal. Your business snake is savvy and wise. I was looking <laughs> for sponsorship deal. <to> <laughs> 
would you not want the back of Spa and oh, Ian in all the way I know where I thought this session I mean... was going. <laughs> wow. The back of Spa. I mean, you know, get your name all over the city at least, and then perhaps further expansion from there. It's true. There's nothing, no market at all in Oxenfurt. Just like yeah. slide off to Shana. Yeah. We could even name it off yourself. The Bacchus. <laughs> it's the quote of the night. Your business. Quote of the Thank night. you, Sammy. That's a t shirt. That's a t shirt. <laughs> <Get> that. <laughs> With Shana. That's Shana's quote. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, this, is a, this is a good suggestion. I like it a lot. I, I like uh, new opportunities. And to be honest, the market of Veluxa has grown somewhat stale of late. A new competitor selling vinegar, but at a very low price. People care not for the intricate flavors, smooth palate. They just want to get drunk quickly. People are drowning their sorrows. Vinegar. Well, not actual vinegar. It is wine, oh. or so he claims, but it tastes like vinegar. Well, I mean, all the more reason for you to expand. Have you thought about expansion? Oh, yes, I have. This is a good but suggestion. You haven't sort of gotten around to it recently as sort of perhaps transport a bit of I an have issue? Not, I have not had transport or my own place to sell. I have not looked at real estate. Real estate in Oshia, very expensive. Well, perhaps Oxenfurt could be a wonderful place for you to expand into. Especially if you already have the venue. Mm. We shall talk numbers, my snake. This is good. I like. Perhaps we should uh, try some of the product as well. I've always, I've had a very, a bit of an interest in this dragon wine. Ah, <gasps> uh, yes. Wood Elf speaks well. Yes, you shall try, you shall try, you shall try. I have a new experimental bottle I have been looking for. Has not found the following that it deserves here in Shari, but perhaps it is for your, your people. Well, Elias sort of gives him a sidelong glance. Is it safe to drink, Bacchus? Yes, 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 yes. No side this effects, be... Bacchus? This is Grappa. <laughs> <laughs> no side effects, Bacchus? No, 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 no. Ah, side effects. Inside check. It's not going check. to hurt them. Inside check. Inside check. Inside check. Inside check. It's not going to hurt them, Bacchus. No, no, no. Not permanently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what kind of hurt are we talking? Are we talking about hurt in that you have such a good time that nothing else ever compares, or hurt in that you ah, could something if we give up? That is a new slogan for wine. You'll never try anything else again. <laughs> 24 on the inside, yeah. But, um, you get the sense that Bacchus is a very mischievous dragon oh no 100% 100% this is fine to drink he is playing a game as soon as Elia expressed any concerns yeah. immediately he's on it he is absolutely playing with her and she yeah. she's not 100% sure and you think that is absolutely making him the happy like the fact that she isn't sure whether or not he's doing this he's getting a real kick out of that like coming from this. a politician as well this is like yeah. he's yeah, probably yeah, reveling yeah. in this like Absolutely. He's reveling in the fact that she doesn't know whether or not he's joking. And you get the sense for him, that is like the pinnacle of comedy for him. When you say something and people don't know if it's a joke, you get you think that's what makes him the happiest dragon. Wow. That is what he wants. Um, much like me. 
Uh, Mira 12. <laughs> You're not sure, Mira. You've got no idea whether this is safe to drink or not. Um, dude's hard to read. <laughs> like, he's been so blasé, and he's, like, said some ridiculous things already. He's called Shana a business snake twice. <laughs> the, point of, the point of reference here of sane yeah. information and, and sane behavior, it's it's a swinging pendulum. You've got no yeah. idea. I'm just, like, looking at Ilya. I'm just taking my, my cue from her, and I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> Jervis um, just he has a bit of a smile and he's kind of just like, ha, this guy's funny. Yes, come, 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 come. I must come uh, to just, just before we we imbibe, yes. um, we do we we don't have uh, do we have any tasks or uh, quests or missions to do uh, prior to the day's end? Because um, I mean, Bacchus, if if Ilya has talked up your wine quite a fair bit, um, and if it's anything to you know similar to how it's been talked up, um. We might not be in quite a state to uh, perform any tasks after we check out this wine, which I'm very keen to do, but also don't want to jeopardize, um, well, everything. That is a good point. <laughs> oh, Talia what comes. time is it? <laughs> you honor me greatly. You say my wine is the best. I, I wasn't saying yes. it's the Ah, you say it is the greatest. Um, I was mm -hmm. just saying- The greatest in all the land. It's quite good. Ah, you honor me, Otalia Canos. I always knew you were firm friends. You politicians. I knew I knew I could trust you. You're not a bad one. You're a good one. Actually, out of curiosity, what is What is what, sorry? Is it, what is the time, the time? Like, like in the game? Oh, it's it's not even lunchtime yet. It's like Oh, sort of, okay. It's, it's all right. It's like it's like eleven. Ten thirty oh, eleven. Shit. Okay. It's, it's quite early. Um Day drinking D and D. We need the drinking till um I mean we're returning here tonight, aren't we? Yes. yes, you must stay, you must stay. Um, well, we, I mean, we do have to get to Velux, sir. Um, we are a little bit on a time frame. Um, perhaps we could do a, a little tasting now, and then well, while we travel to, to Velux, sir, we can let the effects wear off. A little tasting? Ah, oh, you insult me. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I, um, I joke, I joke. No, please. A little tasting, sure. On the way home, I mean... You know, so you know we're captive audience. You know we're coming back. Ah, that is true. I have your airship hostage. <laughs> Very true. Ah, that is true. Ah, that no. is you are not here. I can I can load as much wine on this as I as I, as I want. We're not going anywhere in a hurry. You take, you take business snake with you. No one, no one there to talk numbers. Great, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, the ocean is still on there, so. <laughs> I think the, the airship still needs to be able to fly. I, just don't compromise the. Uh... Ah, as long as it's as long as Lyft is present, what is problem? Alyosin <laughs> <laughs> is the one to talk to you about uh, loading if it's on too any. Heavy, drink some. <laughs> Hard to argue with that logic. Okay, I will. I will talk to Alyosin, but first, you have little taste before you go, yeah? No, of course. Oh, not, Try and stop me. Yes, we we sure. can have a little taste, and then would you be able to get one of your staff to call a carriage for us? We will need to head to uh, head to Veloxer, uh, rather quickly. Carriage? Oh, I will not call carriage for you. I will send you in my carriage. Um, well, that's not strictly necessary. No, no, no. I have had improvements made. You will be very comfortable. Um, okay. Um, thank you, Bacchus. Yes, very comfortable. Gives you a little bit of a weird smile. And <laughs> come to my boudoir and heads inside the front door. Um, Elia turns and goes, Yes, um, look. He's really trustworthy. Huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I promise. I, 
Bacchus doesn't get involved in politics. He doesn't care. He has no interest in anything other than wine, wine. and good times, as he as he puts it. Um, yes. And sending us in a carriage, that's going to be a good time, probably for him, but possibly not for us, if no, you're expecting to go by. I think, I think we accept. If we arrive in one of his carriages, no one's going to look twice. It's not going to be... But strangers coming into the city in an open carriage, one of the public carriages, we might get spotted. No, I think... I think actually this might play into our favour. That's why I didn't fight him too hard. Oh, that's a good idea. Yes. Um. Actually, I just had a thought before we before we do, you know, finish off everything. Um. Perhaps you know if we could, you know, get maybe some head coverings or something to maybe keep us slightly more on the down low until we do figure out our disguises. Um. Just in case anyone should spy us through a window. Even some local, more local, uh, um, local garb or hats. Uh, mm. Yes, I think I think we can organise that. I'll um I'll ask Bacchus. Uh, come, let's head to his boudoir and um have a tasting, hey? Boudoir. Boudoir. I wouldn't want to be boudoir. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and Elia begins heading inside. Uh, as you head inside, you can see that this house actually has a massive inner courtyard, um, filled with beautiful flowers and tropical plants rising from the center of this uh, large pond and in the pond you can see a number of um, koi fish swimming around lazy circles as they move through the through the water and the water actually extends underneath parts of the flooring so there are natural rivers built in the floor and glass on top of it so it's almost like the house has a series of canals that the fish can swim through you can see moss growing on the inside Uh, it's it's beautiful It's, it's stunning um very uh, Spanish coastline uh, design, the wow. inside archways, all open plan. There's no doors, just curtains and fabric hanging down, and fabric hanging from the walls, providing these beautiful tapestries of color and light. All mm. very, not tapestries as you know them, not depicting scenes of history or depicting scenes of, of anything. These are very almost chaotic mixes of color and movement and form, almost expressionist, if we were to describe it in our now sort of terms it's very random splashes of color bright vibrant these are emotive they're not descriptive these are emotive tapestries just beautiful moves um yeah like strands just moving through almost creating waves of color throughout the that tapestry it's beautiful nothing you've ever seen like it before yeah one of a kind all throughout this house um you can see uh, Bacchus has already got a large glass in his hands, a gold-stemmed goblet with this beautiful glass filigree heading up the sides, and he's already taking a deep sniff of some like very dark, rich blue wine, um, leaning up against the door, and he gestures in and goes, "You take five seconds. Why it takes so long? I already have drink." Takes a sip. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I you got distracted by your art. It's gorgeous. Are there any of those tapestries um, in this everywhere. room? Everywhere, yep, in every room, and, and they're all very different use, splashes of color. Can she use minor illusion to make it appear like the colors are actually moving and mixing? Absolutely. Just a little, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do, you wanna, do you wanna roll me a spell casting? So just roll an attack roll with your spell casting, just like a spell casting check, basically. Um, so it'll be a d20 plus your spell casting modifier. Oh, no! <laughs> 11. That's okay. No, 11's okay. Um, as you as you do this, the, the effect is... Uh, it's very minor. It's only a very small area, but um, Bacchus turns and looks closely. 
then looks at his wine and then looks at you clearly casting magic and looks again and goes, ah, I thought I had pulled out. Never mind. It, it is a different batch. <laughs> that is very impressive. A little bit of fun. Making sure it's not the green. <laughs> oh no, I've been experimenting with a different type of wine. It's not blue green, is it? No, it's made from cactus juice. Oh no, <laughs> oh, no not again! <laughs> but it is not ready yet. There are some side effects I have not yet uh, quenched. <laughs> the quenchiest uh, I've heard. <laughs> Come, take a seat. And you can see that this area, that, that this room that you've walked into, is a series of cushions laid out on the floor designed to be sat down on the floor. There's a sunken section in the middle and then a table lifted up from the center made from driftwood. So it will maybe some sort of like desert um, aged wood. Um, yeah, Shana, these have been, clearly these are designed for dragons and dragonborn to sit at so their tails don't get in. They're designed Aww. to be sat at. Um, That's cool. But yeah, as, as you come in and, and kneel around, he heads behind what is clearly a massive bar and opens up this large cabinet behind him. Inside you can see hundreds of bottles ranging in sizes and shapes it looks like a glass blower with hiccups got loose one day and has just made every shape imaginable um there's even one that looks like an hourglass and the liquid is rising up before hitting the top and then slowly sinking back down again in a never-ending cycle of movement that probably draws your eye the quickest <laughs> that's probably that's, yeah. probably that's that's the most standout um the liquid is pure white not milky white, pure white. Um, like a, uh, not, not translucent either. Sorry, not transparent either. Completely opaque white. It's a very weird effect as it moves through. Um, and then as it passes through, heading back down again, it's black as it comes out in the lower section. Or it spins around and back up oh. again. And as it passes through the stem, back to white again. What? Uh, crazy. Um, the rest of the bottles uh, that he reaches for are, are much more normal much more familiar wine bottle shaped appearance um these ones aren't made from glass they're made from clay with large handles on the side and a massive cork shoved in the top he sort of like looks around the labels are written in draconic so anyone who speaks draconic which is all of you um <laughs> i've just realized um the labels which are written draconic uh name the wine as either a sapphire ruby emerald or another designation which he has given amber which you've got no idea what that means um and the ambers are all sorts of ones. The hourglass one is designated as an amber. Um, and he's sort of going through. And then the year is there as well. There's a date and a year. And then there's also what looks to be a series of tasting notes down the side, a series of, like, flavors. And he's just, like, going through and checking. He's like, turns around and goes, flavor, one flavor from each of you. Business snake. Berry. Berry. Beautiful dichromatic dragon. Oh, ah. Uh the same. Very. Mechanical. I will deal with you, mechanical. Elf. Hmm. Do you have something like cocoa, perhaps? Chocolatey. Oh, that sounds good too. Ah, cacao. Cacao, Mm. yes. That's the one. You ask a tricky question. I will get back to you. Natalia Canos, my sweet. She looks and goes, Loaves. Loaves? Cloves. You sure? Yeah. I want to see you make something nice with cloves. <laughs> oh, you have clearly gotten too used to these things. I will have to find something for you too. Okay. 
Very, very simple mechanical. I will deal with you mechanical. Then elf, cow, and then close. Okay. Berries first, and then I will be back. I will have to go to the cellar. He pulls out a bottle from one of the lower shelves, reaches over, uncorks it, um, and then pours it into two small wine glasses that he hands over. Um, he does not pour a huge amount. He pours a very reasonable tasting. About two or three sips. Passes over the glasses. Beautifully um, spiraling, almost double helix spiral glasses in the stem. And then the spirals turn out into two different um, sections of the glass. The glass is actually divided in half and it forms two different glasses built into the same thing. And he's only filled one half. He gets designed specifically for tasting two different ones. Using the same glass. Passes it over to you two and then quickly runs away, scurries away, almost like for a two meter tall green sort of half dragon draconic form. He looks excited and giddy. And then as he gets to the door, he, he like skids to a halt, turns around. You do not taste while I am not in room. Yeah. No, we will wait. Gives a nod and a big smile and then scurries away again really, really quickly. Um, Elia turns and looks and goes, Oh, that smells divine. Uh, and Shana and Mira, you are close enough. The wine, a very rich, almost um, blackberry-esque scent is rising from this glass. The, the wine itself is a very rich purple blue, um, completely crystal clear. As you look through and you sort of give it a bit of a swirl, you can see that it is completely clear. Um, but this beautiful, almost uh, lavender color liquid swirls around the glass and leaves this little uh, tannin residue oil residue after only a few moments you hear the sound of clawed feet as Bacchus rushes back into the room clutching two bottles one is tiny um, in his hands it looks to be um, yeah maybe 120 mils it's very small this tiny little bottle the other um, is a bit larger and is a glass bottle filled with this dark brown liquid sloshing about inside of it as he rushes in um he goes, ha, cacao, I had one aging. It was due for tasting in a year or two, so we can taste now, see how it is developing. And then he looks over at uh, Elia. Elia just sort of smiles and shrugs. Himself. And me? <sighs> I have found something for you. It is not wine. It's something different I have been trying. This one has been aging for two years. And I will be first to taste it. I have another one down there that has been aging for six months. I was not sure whether to age for, for longer or shorter. You and I will be the judge of that now. Um, he uncorks the larger brown uh, bottle, pours out some liquid for you, Yerveth. Uncorks the smaller one. Tiny thimbleful full of this beautiful honey-like liquid. And then he reaches into his pocket and pulls out, Loki, what looks to be a disc made of a mixture of a silver metal and then a copper-like coloured metal. And then he <laughs> hands it to you. Oh, this looks quite fun. What does it do? Uh, plug it into your sensory matrix information center. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lockie, as if you put anything on that plate, as it plugs in and clicks in, a section of it opens up and then integrates into your system. Like a CD drive. It installs. <laughs> it installs taste.exe. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you as you plug it in, as you plug it in, Lockie. Um, there's this whirring from inside and then the drive pushes itself back out again and opens up. Um, and inside of it, you can see a small strip of metal foil. Um, now you place in mouth. Open, open. 
I, I will wait for everybody. No, no, no. You can, you can do now. You go first. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't wait for us. Lucky, can you roll me a D one hundred, please? Birdie bots every flavor beans, but it's with Lucky. What's Lucky gonna taste today? Is it vomit? Is it honey? Is it poo? Sixty-three. <laughs> Cinnamon, Lucky. Oh, Cinnamon. Oh, that's a good one. Taste of cinnamon. It's Gamble Woohoo! What's that? Gamble It's that Danish cinnamon liqueur. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Exactly right. Yeah, lucky. Um, the the silver foil. Some connection between the drive that's been inserted into your sensory matrix, and then this has created a bit of a short circuit between a number of your systems, and you are now interpreting sensory information, the light sensory information as taste as well you are getting an, a, a, basically a uh, deliberately enacted synesthesia and the lighting in here is taste uh, <laughs> is, sorry is is cinnamon is the flavor of cinnamon wow oh, that's, cool. um, that's sick the foil immediately begins smoking and burning as it uh, is a conduit for uh, quite a large amount of energy burning through it as the foil begins to burn away, Loki, the flavor begins to fade very slowly. But you've got a good sort of five minutes or so with this flavor. Loki he, he holds up his mace. He holds up his mace and twists the bottom and then casts the light on it and just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, you, as you change the lighting, Loki, I'm going to let you roll on a D100 if you like. Ooh. Ooh. His eyes fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, one hundred forty. Forty. Oh wow. Okay. Um, Lockie, <laughs> you taste the rich taste of wine. <laughs> forty <is> wine. <laughs> <laughs> this strong grape flavor, <laughs> beautiful wine flavor, fills your mouth as you taste wine. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> Could not make that shit up. Wow. <laughs> 41 was mayonnaise. Bacchus, <laughs> oh. we need to include these things as part of our business deal. Yes, yes, of course. Are, they, are these things you don't have access to? It? <laughs> Lucky's just, for podcasters, it's Lucky. <laughs> Lucky's just like heart like bent over backwards, like shining the light from his mace into his face. <laughs> Surely you're more fortunate to have things like this back in Oxenford. I would have assumed so, except Lockie doesn't seem to have uh, experienced this before, Lockie? No, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't describe it. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's what I imagine a fruit would taste like. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Bacchus doesn't know either. Just this big grin splits his face. He's like, and another person experiences joy and merriment. Excellent. I assume that he's experiencing something. Very well, drink, drink, drink. Come. Yes. Cheers. 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 Um, we'll do Yerveth first. Yerveth, the rich taste of cocoa fills your mouth this very dark smooth chocolate 
with a strong kick. As you sort of drink it down, the smoothness and chocolate and sweetness covers your tongue first. And then as you, as it sort of falls to the back of your palate, a bit of heat starts coming in. And then as you swallow and breathe in, <laughs> there's quite a bit of heat there as you realize, oh, this is pretty alcoholic. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you, as you drink down this very rich chocolate um and it's 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 very it's almost a bit creamy in a way rather than mm. being a wine it's a much more cream almost like a liqueur um yeah. but yeah very rich chocolate liqueur um mira and shana as you drink the uh, the berry wine, yeah i mean very strong blackberry and raspberry flavors with sort of an after after finish of strawberry as it sort of Ooh. passes through the back you get this very nice rich strawberry not too sweet actually more of a drier wine just with a hint of sweetness enough to bring out the berry flavors but uh, a bit of a drier wine um and yeah really nice this is good wine you think like to to purchase this a bottle of this at a restaurant in Oxford or in Palin especially in Palin where the markup's going to be a bit more you're looking at a couple of gold per bottle um you're thinking a crate of these uh, a crate which is 18 bottles of wine for 20 gold you're thinking okay shit like this actually is actually not a bad this is not if 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 this if it's all this quality you could easily sell it for quite a bit of profit there you're selling it for two or three gold per bottle especially if we can get a slightly better deal for exclusively do uh for exclusive dealing rights and perhaps his own bar with his name on it um you know make it more profitable for both of us um as he and elia both sip the cloves elia makes a bit of a face um and goes, oh, um, wow, okay, um, yeah, I'm getting the cloves. Mm, me too. Yeah, um, a bit harsh still, isn't it? Yeah, still a bit of green to it, I think, um, I think another two or three years. Yes, um, I think so, that's, that's, wow, that is, uh, it's a bit rough, isn't it? Well, you ask for cloves, I give you what you want. Now you complain. Oh, no, no, no. I'm very grateful. I kid, I kid. Well, what do you think? Hmm? Happy? Oh, yes. This is delightful. Smooth, but strong at the same time. Oh. I like it. Yes. I sometimes like to sip that before bed if I have trouble sleeping. Ah, I can see why. Well. I think this could be the be- start of a beautiful uh, business dealing and friendship. Ah, Indeed. Well, here at the Spring Valley Wines, we have access to the finest water in all of Chiari. We have our own well. Like other places, you have to rely on the water from the city. By the time it gets out of the city, it's not good quality. Mineral stripped. No good, no good. We need fresh spring water. That's perfect. I um, couldn't help but notice that bottle back there, Bacchus. That's um, an hourglass one. Ah, but. you have a good eye, yes. It is hard not to notice, yeah? Mm. Been looking at it for quite a while. It's quite mesmerizing, isn't it? Yes. Never seen anything like that before. Oh, neither had I when I bought it. I did not make this one. This is display only. I, uh, I bought it a very long time ago from a, uh, an old friend. He claimed that it was, well, finest brew to ever exist. Uh, but he did caution me not to drink it. So I keep it there to look at. Schrodinger's wine. I've been saving yes, it for um... been saving it for my dying day. It will be the last thing I sip before I die. Ha. Huh. 
That makes sense. Interesting. All this glassware yes. and the bottles, do you make it, Bacchus, or do you import it from somewhere? Ah, that is my brother. Yeah, he creates it himself. He is a, uh, I was about to say accomplished glassblower. But he is not. He is shit. <laughs> I mean, what he makes is beautiful. Is it all, uh, accidental design, perhaps? There is no logic. Look at this. This wine bottle looks upside down. And he points to one. You can see the stem is huge. <laughs> Massive corks actually fit into the top. And it tapers downwards. It's upside down. He points and goes, who would buy this? How, how can you pour this? So stupid. Well, I mean, with the right holder. I mean, it could be a wonderful point of difference to the other, you know, standard wine bottle shapes and clay pots. I have had to build special stand just to keep it upright. <laughs> you see, no! it's like a beam. Oh, and uh, the mixed glasses, are they also of his design? Yes, the glasses are his too. He is better at glasses. Bottles I mean, should be easier. Could... I was just about to say that. I thought, never mind. I would argue with that. He one. is asthmatic. He runs out of air for the big old. <laughs> <laughs> you must really love your brother to... Uh... I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like to have it in the pub. I'm kind of now. Sorry. Yeah, it's one of those times when my mouth is saying things and my brain's catching up. <laughs> You know when you like, you know when you throw yourself into a character so completely that you are that character. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, doesn't matter if it's true or not. He would say that because it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yes, that's magic. He runs out of vampire partway through. An asthmatic dragonborn. Oh my god. He's an asthmatic dragon. (laughs) Please tell me he's not red. No, no, no. No. Wow. Amazing. It is oh, a source of great disappointment in our family. <laughs> <laughs> it much disappointment. Such tiny glasses. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you turn, it, turn it into a positive. Turn it into a point of difference that no one else has, perhaps because mm. no one else would think or be able to make it, and partially because no one would probably want to, but I think I like them. You know, we could be that that bar with the eclectic bottles. It's hard to make a set, <laughs> that is sure. Not a matching one in sight. Every bottle unique. You'll never get the same one twice. That's true. That's true. And does add an air of uh, uniqueness, speciality. There exactly. Is, there is market for this. It's all about how you spin it. You see. <laughs> is his brother? <laughs> say it out loud, Claire. Say it out loud for the podcast. <laughs> is his brother's name Ventolin? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man my brother's pseudo ephedrine fucking <laughs> 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 such a such oh. a mid joke now because <laughs> true um yes wow. uh, my brother ventolin um for those of you from other countries who might not know ventolin is a uh, an anti-asthmatic medication so <laughs> <laughs> wow Oh boy, with a serotide chaser, nice. Um, <laughs> oh my god. That's yes, a Perhaps we could load some crates of glasses too. You could buy some glasses. I think so. I get them for free, so I will not charge. Well, I very much appreciate it. I think this could be very honestly for us. 
with that, Elias sort of nods and goes, Well, um, thank you so much again, Bacchus. Uh, we better head to better head to Velux, sir, but we will be back, absolutely. And I have potentially had a bit of an idea about maybe hosting some sort of event here. If we needed to schmooze with some politicians, get some politicians on side, could we potentially use your winery as a venue? And obviously, I will cover the cost of any drinks. I'll do a tab. Ah, hmm. This is a good idea. We have just finished building a new section of the gazebo. Maybe we could host something there. Yes, okay. Great. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. We don't have the floor yet, but we will have floor by uh, Tuesday. Oh, um, it is Tuesday, Bacchus. Is it? We will have floor sometime soon. Floor will be obtained. You can stand on it soon. Okay. No, I'm, I can help with Muldoth if it helps speed up the process for you for the event, <laughs> should we need it. We can try out the uh, the cactus juice then, too. No, 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 I don't think that's a good idea. No. <laughs> that's a wonderful idea. Maybe not for us, but perhaps for the ones that we're trying to suppose. Another time. Maybe poison. Ones we're trying to poison. Oh, I will do what I normally do. I will offer it as cheap to uni students, and then they come and they test things for me. On Tuesdays, yes. Uh, Mira, you have a sudden flashback. This place looks familiar. You've been here before. When you yeah. were studying, one okay. of the one of the pub crawls came out this way, and you yeah. have been here. You have drunk his. It, something about him was familiar. Suddenly, it comes rushing back. One of the bar crawls, one of the tavern crawls you and your political science students did, that your fellow science students did, was out here. You got a bit lost, but you made it. And yeah, huh. you don't remember much of that night, but suddenly you're like, oh, I think I've been here. That's why this looks so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember students, you say. Yes. Yeah. I think I've lost a lot of money here. Huh. <laughs> No refunds. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I don't remember how much I spent anyway. Uh, but ah, that's wonderful, my favourite type of customer. <laughs> yep, that would be Mira. Yeah. Uh, um, with that, Elia sort of stands and gives you guys a bit of a look. Um, we, we won't take up any more of your time, Bacchus. Thank you so much. Um, we, we'll be back, we'll talk to you soon. I'll send a messenger if we need to use this place for a venue, and we will see you real soon. Um... And the people on the ship, I, I know they've got some supplies, but potentially if they need some food or drink, you could help out with that too. Again, pass on any costs to me, I can handle them. Mm. Any costs, you say? Finest oh. caviar from the kitchens tonight, my friends. Um, <laughs> within reason, Bacchus, within reason. It has been so long since we threw a feast. Um, why don't we throw a feast on the night we all leave, hey? Here's a pause and looks. Perhaps we try that cactus juice. You have mm. to organize. I will do this. You will try Plains Beast. Mm. Delicious. That sounds ominous. Sounds delicious. Um, Mira, you would know what a Plains Beast is. Uh, imagine a giant uh, cow with six legs covered in scaly armor uh, and massive digging claws like a mole. Um, you know what? Sounds great. Yeah. It is quite nice, spit roasted. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, it is good. It is good. It's going to be a really is... big spit roast. Yeah. I would say that very right. matter of fact, like he's actually had plains beast before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have. 
I live in this world. I'm, this isn't. We're not making this story up. I'm just recounting what happened when. No. <laughs> when we cool. say this is canon, we mean this is canon. This actually. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Elias sort of like starts walking out the door and being like, "Come on, guys, Bacchus will talk forever." <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll see you later. Nice, nice to meet you, Bacchus. Lovely to meet you too. Wonderful man. <laughs> <laughs> All the lights. Yeah. <laughs> every, every now and then he does one of his little shocking grass. Just, 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 just. just a list. <laughs> By this point, Lockie, unfortunately, the foil has worn off, and as oh. you go to do it, it ah. happens. I'm sorry. We will come back. <laughs> we will wrap up there because I realize we've gone a little bit over. I was planning to do a slightly shorter session without Jin, and then. Um, uh, back has happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, it was great there. Uh, that was a completely improvised character and setting, and uh, <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> Incredible. I think I was just channeling someone. I don't like some old Greek man living on a vineyard. <laughs> just ah, oh, you bring your business snake. <laughs> great. Oh, man. I don't know. So many quotable <laughs> moments. That was amazing. Yeah. So good. I have uh, lots of clips. Definitely one of my I've got some stuff I can chuck up on, um, on TikTok tomorrow. And then, and then a D100 for Lockie to roll a wine. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the flavors at a winery. <laughs> I was so impressed. mayonnaise by one. Oh, my God. So, that was so amazing. Just for context, just so you know what 100. Although he's going to do it again. No, I'm going to wait just in case you get a 100. Yeah. I'll wait. Okay. Yep. Remind me I can imagine Lockie coming time. back and just being like, I want all of that. <laughs> Please. Oh, he's not mad. Oh, yeah. 100's the wish spell, but you only taste it. <laughs> um, what I want to tell you. I want to tell you what it is because it's really funny. Do I'm going to tell you. Um, yeah. You taste the rainbow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yes. Oh. Wow. all right guys thank you so much that was a amazing session uh not at all what i had plans but incredible better. infinitely better yeah. <laughs> so much better i think jared's gonna be sad he missed this one absolutely um but yeah we will be back again next time stay safe stay well we will see you all again next time avatar legends tomorrow night until then we will see you then goodbye everybody Farewell. Bye. Bye. see you tomorrow Thank you.